welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast, first episode of 2019. I'm your host, Serial Sensei, and we're on episode number 117. As always, you can check out this podcast on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please subscribe, rate, and leave reviews. You can listen to us on Spotify, Google Play. Hit us up on Facebook at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page. You can follow us also on Instagram at Dojo Talk Podcast and send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at Yahoo.com. And if you would like, you can follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. Um, as always, bringing in 2019 with my co host Antaku. What's going on, man? New Year, worst version of myself. Let's go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that's, that's the energy I want in 2019. Only like one percent of you guys are actually gonna be a new year, new year. I mean, I'm I'm trying to be a worse version of myself. <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to lower expectations. By that time I'm done, I'm just gonna be a caricature of myself. <laughs> you just catch me in 2050, just like screaming MMA hot takes, and MMA hasn't <laughs> existed in like 20 years. There we go. That's that's the kind of energy we need in uh in 2019. Uh, before we started recording, we had a nice lengthy conversation about DC comics and a dog's way home. <laughs> I'm just. I, 2019 I, is gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know this isn't like a new thing, but it really pisses me off that DC calls themselves DC Comics. Because the DC stands for Detective Comics. <laughs> it's like the Los Angeles Angels. Like, come on. Oh, boy. DC, DC. D- no, DCC. See, see, I have to cut it, though, because that just doesn't have a good... You know, it doesn't flow well. I mean, you can just be DC. You don't have to be DC Comics. People know you make comics. It's in your name already. <laughs> I don't know. Based on some of these movies, they might not, might not know. I don't know. I'm gonna pray for DC in 2019. That's that's what I'm gonna do. You're praying for Shazam, because I think Shazam's their only movie. This <laughs> Which, in all fairness, is better than I guess having like four movies in one year, like Marvel's gonna do. Yeah, but see, with Marvel, there are four, like, three of them will be really good, and maybe, like, one might be, like, subpar. DC, you're kind of, well, you just, you never know what's going to happen when you walk into that theater. But luckily, I, I did go and see Aquaman, and I did, I did enjoy it. Uh, I, I enjoyed it a lot. So, that, that was hopeful. But when I walk into that theater, when Shazam comes out. You see, Shazam's the one movie that, like, I'm like, okay, that looks like fun. See, I'm it, I'm worried about Shazam. It, it just looks stupid, and I love it. I just 
it's like that that's that suit to me looks very black lightning ish and i just <laughs> <laughs> hard to believe shazam was once more popular than superman he i don't know man uh, i mean i'm gonna see it man i try to i, I support dc man I, I try to i try to support them you know sometimes it works out sometimes you know not not so much but we'll we'll, we'll see um, I, I hope shazam can Kind of like you said, we got. I'm lowering next. Yeah, got to lower expectations. That's what I do for DC. I keep the bar low. So if they just jump over the bar even by an inch, I'm thoroughly impressed. That's that's just kind of where I'm at. <laughs> so pray pray for DC in 2019. Um. But yeah, so this is our first episode of the new year. Uh, this is also our second podcast in two days. So you guys are getting a lot of a lot of content this week, and we'll be recording again this weekend. So you'll be hearing from us a, a ton, <laughs> like this month. You guys are gonna get a, well, get a lot of episodes. At least from at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, it'll it'll slow down towards the end. Um, but yeah, kick, kicking off the year with a lot of content. So we just put out the Jones versus Gustafson two uh, podcast the other day. So if you have not given that a listen, go back listen to that first. And then you can come back to this podcast uh, where we will be talking about Ryzen and a little bit of PFL. Um, I feel guilty talking about Ryzen because my experience with Ryzen this year is different from everybody else's. Where everybody else had to sit through nine hours of... Ryzen's supposed to be just a countdown show for New Year's. Like, the car specifically ends at, like, 11.55 in Japan so that they can switch over to, like, everybody counting down to 2019. So it makes sense that it's, like, 10 hours long. But I kind of feel bad for everybody who started watching at 1 o'clock and when I got out of work, everybody was still watching the next day. Hey, man, you guys knew what you were signing up for. (laughs) I think I went to sleep at, like, midnight. And I woke up at seven, and I think I caught like the tail end of the uh, Hamasaki fight, and then I saw the Horiguchi fight, and then the tension fight. I was actually working out, and I wasn't sure if I was gonna watch it because, as well, some of you may not know if you didn't watch watch this live, the Mayweather tension fight was not on the Rising card. Well, I mean, it was on the card for people who were there live, obviously, but it wasn't broadcasted in North America. Um, luckily, people on the internet, you know, pretty savvy. The internet so, finds a way, bro. Oh, yeah. Undefeated. And the internet is always undefeated. So they, they found alternative ways uh, for us to watch. So I was actually about to start my workout. And I stopped my workout. I was in the middle of stretching. And then I watched the fight. And I was pissed off that I watched the fight. We'll get to that later. I'm just, I regret watching that fight. Since I was in the gym, just throwing weights around. What's bad is I actually just got done wrapping my hands. <laughs> I was just got done wrapping my hands. I was gonna say you were in there just throwing weights around, like hitting people with the uh, with the bar. <laughs> I definitely wanted to train after that. <laughs> if tension can't do it, I'll do it. <laughs> I had one of those anime montages in my head where you have to like avenge the sensei. Yeah, that's that's. that's <laughs> That's what was going on, but uh, we'll 
we'll get to that in uh, a little bit. Um, I say we shouldn't keep you guys here long, but we shouldn't. But I don't know. I feel like every time I say that, that doesn't happen. But uh, not not a ton. Have we ever had a show that went under two hours? Probably not. This is the one episode that we should be able to. (laughs) If we can't get under two hours for this, we're never going (laughs) to. We'll never get under two hours. So we'll see what happens. I'm not going to make you guys any promises, though. Um, So as always, we'll start off with uh, news and notes for the week. Um, we just recorded a day ago, or two days ago, so not really many news and notes going on. Uh, only two things, uh, pretty much worth of note have happened between Gus and Jones and now. Um, for anybody who is interested, the UFC schedule for the second quarter of 2019, uh, is out. Uh, this includes a number of ESPN, ESPN+. Plus. And a few pay-per-view events. Um, so this starts in April. Uh, there will be an events on April 20th, April 27th, May 4th, May 11th, May 18th, June 1st, June 8th, June 22nd, and June 29th. Uh, two of those events, uh, the 11th of May and the 8th of June, are pay-per-views. And then mixed in between our ESPN Plus and ESPN um, cards. And also, um, I'm not sure which one of these, uh, one of these events will be the UFC's debut in Kansas. Don't know which one. Uh, I don't okay. think any of them have dates, uh, or not dates, locations yet, so. Oh, no, no. Yeah, this is, uh. Oh, wait, here we go. Uh, you, March 9th. Okay. So, uh, if you're in Kansas, in Wichita, it will be at the Intrust Bank Arena. Uh, on March 9th, and that'll be one of the ESPN Plus cards. So, you know, if you're in Kansas, you've never been to a UFC event, you live anywhere near Wichita, you know, go go make your dream come true, I guess. <laughs> um, so, that happened. If you guys want to look at that schedule and ponder what may or may not, uh, what fights may or may not fill in those slots. And the last bit of news, uh, Jimmy Smith, commentator who came over from Bellator, came to the UFC, and they decided, for whatever reason, to not re-sign him. Uh, he posted it on Twitter, I want to say earlier today. Uh, we're recording this on New Year's, January the 1st. Um, oh, Happy New Year, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> forgot. <laughs> happy New Year. <laughs> Hope you guys, uh, you know, had a good New Year. No drinking and driving. Didn't, didn't wild out too much. Hopefully you didn't have to work like I did. That was kind of trash. Um, but yeah, Happy New Year's. So, yeah, J- Jimmy Smith unfortunately bought it in the new year, not being re-signed to the UFC. But, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll find a, a, another gig somewhere. Like, one, one of the better commentators out there. And there are plenty of people I can think of who are worse than him. But I'm not going to bash anybody. I mean, he's done boxing before, too. Like, when uh, they were trying to make Friday Night Fights on uh, Spike a thing. Like he was doing all the PBC cards alongside uh, the the pro boxers, so yeah, so, he's got some versatility. So have him replace whoever the fuck is doing the freaking commentary on um on the the zone cards because they're, they're terrible. <laughs> yeah. Sergio Mora and that other guy, you guys suck. 
<laughs> there you go. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure Jimmy Smith will find a a home. Uh, you know, pr pretty soon. So best of luck to him. Ho hopefully he, you know, get, gets to bring his his talent somewhere. And that's pretty much it for news and notes. Um, so we will move on along. Uh, today we will be covering um. Ryzen 14, but we'll start off with PFL 11 because they just closed out their year. Um, won't be able to go into in-depth too much about a ton of these fights. I only saw three of them. Did you get to catch this card at all? I watched the whole thing. I, okay. I kind of had it going on in the background a little bit, but I didn't pay enough attention to the whole thing. Oh, all right, well, you can give way more insight than I can because <laughs> I only saw three of these. Um, but uh, so PFL 11... Ended their year out in Madison Square Garden. Final card of the year. This is them ending their, you know, their whole playoff. This whole new rebrand. Uh, so we got all of the, the final matchups and all of that good stuff. Uh, guess we'll just start from the top. Main event and what was the welterweight final between Magomed, Magomed Karamov, and Ray Cooper III. Um, and Ray Cooper... Started off this tournament killing everybody. He murdered poor Jake Shields like twice in one year. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's been blasting through everybody. Um, but Magomed, man, he uh, he he spoiled the uh the grand finale. He he did he did a good job though. He 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 had a good game plan. He did what I, I think Magomed did what Jake Shields was like trying to do, but. You know, he got punched 80,000 times, and it didn't... It doesn't help you know. when you're old. Yeah. Old, not as athletic, and not as fast. <laughs> um, yeah, Magomed was able to, you know, close the distance, not get hit in the face 80,000 times, kind of made it a really grimy kind of, you know, clinch and grappling fight. So he, he was kind of able to, to nullify Ray Cooper's striking. Um... Forgive me, I only saw this fight once. I can't remember how this got to the ground. I just remember Ray Cooper getting choked out. I, wanna, I don't remember. I, I want to say it was like on a... Yeah, here we go. I have, it, I have it pulled up in front of me. Yeah, Cooper went down because... Uh, well, does, I have no idea why he went down, but like... Megamed uh, Karamov kind of just snapped him down, got the choke, uh, dove on it. Yeah, yeah it, it was a good fight, though. Like uh, Cooper, for, to his credit, got out of some serious trouble in the first round, uh, got the fight back up to the feet, and in spots was actually tagging uh, Megamed Karamov pretty hard, but he, he just couldn't pull it together enough to uh, actually follow through and get the whole finish. Um it sucks because he it, he was really like well it doesn't suck for Magomed Karamov but Cooper was really like the star of um the, this PFL season like he's the dude who knocked out Jake Shields twice um and yeah you know, it's still kind of a big deal yeah he had yeah he out of all the fighters in this tournament he probably had like the most hype behind him yeah like there there's a reason they were the main event of this card yeah not yeah. Uh, and not like any of these other fights. So, uh, it, it sucks. Like, you know, get that close, get all that buzz, almost end up with a million dollars. Um, 
But yeah, that's 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 the fight game, man. It's disappointing sometimes. Yeah. Um. Hopefully he's back next year. Oh, hopefully PFL is here next year and can actually dole out the money. Right. I'm seriously hoping, like, because like you you hear these guys talk about like this is like th- this is life changing money. This is my kid gets to go to school money. Like gets to go to college money. Like Nathan, um, the lightweight tournament winner, uh, Natan uh, Schultz was talking oh. about. Yeah, he was talking about like yeah no. I made eight thousand dollars from fighting last year. Like the, the regional fighters don't make money. Like th- this is not a career for them; it's a part-time job slash hobby. Yeah. So like this is just incredible. So you know, props to um Magomed Karamov, who I don't. Let me just double check this. Unless he was like a no, he was in the tournament. Yeah, who just went through the whole tournament, um, racked up five straight wins, and beat Boyan Velichkovich uh, twice himself. So, yeah, and now after choking out Ray Cooper, got a million more dollars in the bank account. I mean, even if he doesn't, I'm uh, like, even if this doesn't translate into PFL having another season, like I'm sure there are going to be people bidding for his services between the UFC, Bellator, and whoever um, is still running shows in Russia next year. Yeah. So, props to him. Props props to Cooper for making it all the way to the finals, beating a dude who had literally beaten him in his last fight before entering PFL. Um, what was it? Oh, uh, no, no, no. He beat... Um, crap, what was his name? Yeah, he did. He beat Haddison uh, Ferreira, who was his last fight before he was in PFL. So, props. That was a, it was a good main event. And if PFL's back next year, definitely need to see him throwing hands again. Um, but yeah, Magomed, uh, Magomed Karamov, he got the million dollars, wins the welterweight final. So, congrats to him. Uh, co-main event, uh, Felipe Lenz and Josh Copeland for the heavyweight uh, title. Uh, or heavyweight final. Uh, I'll need you to break down this fight because I, I didn't see this one. Uh, it was like four round, uh, four rounds of just like really exhausting, grindy type of fighting where two guys who are pushed a reasonable pace for big dudes. Like Josh Copeland was out there, he was trying like new stuff, he was working behind the jab, getting real low in the stance. Um, but by the start of the fourth round. He was just tired. Like, you could see in his corner, he was, like, his cornermen were saying shit to him. And he was, like, he was not there. So, Linz goes out, like, in the first 30 seconds of the round, just grabs him by the head and starts kneeing the crap out of him. Oh, yeah. I did see the finish. He, he gave him the, <laughs> he gave him, like, 30 Sagat knees. Yeah. Um, Copeland, to, like, to his credit, did not go down. He was just, like, he was more tired than he was hurt. Yeah, I, th- I feel like by the time the ref stopped it, he was just kind of like... Because he didn't, like, fall over. No, he he's just, just, like, it's not even like he was, like, rocked. He just started leaning on the fence, and he didn't raise his arms. It was just like, okay, I literally have no energy left. Right. So... It, it would have gotten worse if they'd have kept going. Right. Um, And Linz, props to Linz, who was, at one point, like, this really hot uh, 205 prospect for Bellator... Uh, way way back, like 
four or five years ago now. Like and then like tore his ACL, was gone for a year. Um, came back and just like wasn't the same. And almost immediately after getting cut from Bellator, here he is winning a freaking tournament, one division up for a million dollars. He beat Jared Rochelle. Like, that's a pretty big deal. I think. <laughs> and no disrespect to Rochelle, because I remember watching that fight. I feel like the entire world was rooting for, for, for Felipe. It's like when Goku does the spirit bomb. Right, right, right. <laughs> Everybody's giving you the energy. But, like, let's be real. Rochelle probably should still be in the UFC if, if it was um, based on merit. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, pro- uh like, limbs, like, great great like that's another thing about this tournament it was just like a bunch of really great stories um like i said Schultz, who made no money before this tournament all of a sudden has a million dollars dudes coming out of retirement dudes bumping up a weight class trying to get a second chance in like their careers like ray cooper who like was i won't say he was a nobody like if you follow hawaiian mma you know who he is but like he he was not he he was not um, this hot to try prospect. He was just kind of there. I think that was the best. Yeah, I think that was the best thing about like this tournament. And I know we like made a bunch of jokes about the checks not clearing, and I'll continue to make those jokes. <laughs> but, I mean, don't get me wrong; I'm, I'm gonna still do it too. But yeah, yeah. But like, it's 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 good to see. Cause I mean, let's be honest. If if these, if these fighters were in any other organizations, they wouldn't be getting this chance. Exactly. So when, to, yeah, like you wouldn't. There, there's no way a Sean O'Connell in any other organization is getting a chance to win a million dollars. Yeah, like remember, like remember the old um, Bellator tournaments where guys were fighting for the chance to win a hundred thousand dollars. Right. And they were like <laughs> breaking down after winning the tournament, just crying because like that. That's a lot of money. You don't. You go from making like two hundred fifty dollars to show up and two hundred fifty dollars to win to like making a hundred thousand dollars for three fights right. in in about like three or four months, and now just imagine that here with a million dollars is crazy, and obviously they're not getting a million dollars like you know, after taxes and paying your fees and all that good stuff is, but still. That's still a, a good. A, that's a nice chunk of change you did not have before. Exactly. That you weren't even close to making. So. And I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know how they actually dole this money out. Like, like I, I saw on Twitter somebody, uh, a journalist was like, "Oh, it's you don't get like a million dollar check. You get paid like per fight." Which to me sounds like okay. You win your first fight in the in the playoffs, you get like three hundred thirty three thousand three hundred thirty three dollars. Like. I, I don't get how the payout structure works. Well, I hope, as, as much as I make those jokes, I'll, I do hope that everybody on this card gets the money that they were supposed to get. Yeah. Because, you know, dudes, dudes were out there. To fight in a playoff-like style tournament, you know, you're fighting multiple times within like a short period, and you got to hope your body's holding up, and... You know, it, that's a lot. That's a lot. Like, these guys put in a lot of work to, to make it to this point. So you, you hope that they all, you know, they, they get the prize that they were promised. Right. Um, not like um yeah. not, not like the brothers over at uh the Wyoming World Bare Knuckle Fighting Federation. 
Yeah. Thing. Who I don't think have been paid yet. <laughs> still, <laughs> I haven't. I haven't heard any updates, so I'm gonna assume they still haven't gotten paid. Sad. Yeah, that's yeah. But Felipe Lenz uh, got the TKO in round four over Josh Copeland, winning the heavyweight final. So congratulations to you, sir. Uh, going down to 205 light heavyweight final, Sean O'Connell and Vinny Magalhaes. Uh, Sean O'Connell won via TKO uh, corner stoppage in round three. It's another fight I also did not see. <laughs> um, how was this one? So Vinny Magalhaes gets uh, O'Connell down in the first round, and it looks like he has it like in the bag, um, but O'Connell survives on the ground with him. And then from the second round on, it was basically just O'Connell beating like the crap out of Vinny Magalhaes. <laughs> like, Magalhaes was visibly gassed by the second round and by the end of the third the referee was just like yeah dude you're not even fighting anymore you you are literally just every time he hits you you are legit getting knocked down but he, he o'connell refuses to follow you to the ground so you're allowed to get back up hmm. like he, he had nothing um once the first round was over so but uh yeah no o'connell freaking Literally comes out of retirement just for this tournament, just for the shot of a million dollars. Uh, I don't even think he was supposed to be in the final. Like, he was like the eighth seed, I think. I want to say. Somebody got like injured? I think either somebody got injured or he snuck in and just managed to win in the playoffs. Like, he beat Dan Spawn and Smilino Rama to get a spot in the finals. Like,. I know he lost to Atayev in the, um, not the quarters, but, like, the first round. Hey, man, snagging opportunities. Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's what it's about. You get the shot, you take it. I mean, in four mil, why not? So, hey, man, he gets his, he gets his mil, making more than probably a lot of other light heavyweights out there. That's the one. That's the one kind of funny thing I, I enjoy about this payout. It's like a lot of these guys can look over at these other organizations, at fighters who are probably like way more, I, I guess, like respected and like ranked higher than them. But they can look at their bank account and be like, "Yeah, I don't have to wear Reebok every day. <laughs> 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 I'm not getting paid thirty thousand though. Like, I, I hope that five hundred thousand dollars to get your ass whipped by John Jones was worth it, Gus. Right. Because <laughs> uh, guess who made a million dollars? Right. You know, they can have a little little flex to bring in 2019. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Congrats to Sean O'Connell. Uh, defeating Vinny Magalhaes. Um, on to the next fight, which was not for a million dollars, but this was a fight I saw um, that I went out of my way to make sure I saw. Kayla Harrison uh, versus Moriel Charneski. Um, I'm just glad, I, I, and I don't know how long they're going <laughs> to be able to do this, but I'm glad that PFL is at least making an effort to keep Kayla Harrison like somewhat active and busy. And just have her out there. I mean, not even somewhat. They have they got her three fights in like six, seven months. That's yeah. That's a feat and a half. Yeah, and then because she she's fun to watch, man. Um, boy, she caught Mario with one of them judo throws, and it it was over. <laughs> like from that very first throw she landed, it was pretty much a wrap. Like she got in full mount, 
she throws some very vicious and she throws a ground and pound like she's very just frustrated like she's it's like she's venting and just letting out anger <laughs> while she just like thrashes you in the face um so she yeah she landed a lot of hard ground and pound um there was a moment where like moriel i think had got back to her feet and got judo tossed again yep <laughs> And that that second judo toss was was wild. Um, it's crazy to me that she was like that. The whole reason it took her so long to get into MMA was because the, the idea that she didn't like to hurt people, like she didn't want to punch anybody. And like her last two fights have shown she's had some like she has some ri- ridiculously vicious ground and bound. Because <laughs> she is like she had at one point in this fight she had um got. Uh, he, she had Charneski, like, she had her back, and instead of just pounding on her, she grabbed one of her arms, wrapped it across her neck, so that like <laughs> she could use it to hold her down, and then proceed to beat her with her free hand. Yeah, and just pounded on, <laughs> just pounded on poor Mario. It was funny how you say that. Like she didn't want to hurt people. I imagine that like she's doing the ground and pound. But in her head, she's like crying, like it hurts me more than it hurts you. <laughs> it's like it's like Uriah Hall, like apologizing to Adam Sella after. Yeah, out. <laughs> yeah. When she when she pinned her arm down, and it, it looked so uncomfortable because she had it like wrapped around her whole face, like like she wasn't even trying to let her breathe. Like yeah, that that was that was. It was vicious, and then she has the eventually, for this man. No, yeah, she does. She and I just I I hope the P I hope PFL can keep you know that like you said they're doing a good job so far of just finding her opponents. I ho- I hope this can continue. I, I I'm not as well versed in that weight class at all, so I don't know who else is really out there. But whoever it is, I don't care. I just want to see Kayla Harrison to continue to fight. Yeah, uh, there's not a lot left out there. I'll be honest with you. Like I'm surprised. I, like I don't know who uh, this Charneski woman was before they brought her in. I don't know. Maybe her next step is to go to Ryzen and just uh, fight Gabby Garcia. Yeah, just man. <laughs> <Why not? laughs> you know that that might just be the only options. Cause I could imagine, man. Like she, cause she's she's a thick like sturdy 155 she competed at like, what 167 like what 75 kilograms because i'm like I, I don't know like could she cut the 45 she, she looks kind of she uh she competed at 165 pounds in the olympics um i imagine she could cut to 145 if she really really wanted to but that was the other thing that kept her out of the sport for the longest time. She didn't like the idea of having to cut weight. Like she did, she cut no weight for the Olympics. Like she, she was basically like hovering around one sixty five the entire time. Because hmm. I, I feel like, like I, I don't know how long the fifty five thing can last, but like if if she can cut the forty five somehow and like do it, you know obviously healthy and not have any issues right that you know that there could definitely be a lot of fun fights out there for her and a lot more opportunity and i mean i, I don't know you know 
I think it would be a nice addition to Bellator's roster if they could somehow snag her up and that, like, became a thing. Uh, yeah. Like, I think Kayla Harrison is the only way the UFC keeps the women's 145 division. Like, if if that's, a, like, a thing in the future. Like, we don't know. Because they, they, they want to put on that 155 tournament for next year. Um... Which I think would be a smart move, in ter- not in terms of like, oh my god, this is such high-level MMA and there's so much talent out here. But just like, you put Kayla Harrison in a spot where she's going to be like, winning a lot of money. And specifically fighting to win a lot of money. You, you know, you get the title, but like, with Ronda Rousey, it seemed kind of secondary. Right. But like, here's a message to like, all the Olympians and... uh athletes in other sports who are, you know, just kind of sitting around on their hands waiting, like, not making any money. Like, hey, if you come over and do this MMA thing, there's an opportunity to make just a ridiculous amount of money really, really quickly. And I don't know if that, you know, draws anybody over the sport, like, but it's something. Yeah, it's better, because most... Most athletes, I'd imagine, whether you're, like, an Olympian or maybe, like, you're somebody who, you know, you, like, you did some kind of athletics in college. Exactly. You want to keep, if you can help it, you want to keep doing something that's competitive. Like, you, you don't want to, you don't want to go from I competed four years in college to now I just have a desk job. There's a reason like, that the American heavyweight scene is just dominated by former football players. <laughs> right. And the one basketball player who managed to win the world title. <laughs> yeah, man. You don't you don't lose that competitive edge. You don't that doesn't just go away. But nah man, K- Kayla Harrison's awesome, man. I really enjoy watching her fight. Her her judo is crazy. Ground and pound is, is just vicious. Um so I I hope in, in two thousand nineteen we, we get to see a lot more of her. So shout out to her. Fortunately, she didn't get a million dollars, but next you know, year she won. Yeah, maybe, maybe next year. I, I mean, she, uh, maybe. We'll see. PFL, please stay around. Oh yeah. Don't know. Don't don't go under for money laundering or something crazy. <laughs> but, but you know, shout shout out to Kayla Harrison, man. Really awesome performance. Uh, next fight going on to the lightweight finals. We had uh, Natan Schultz and Rashid Magomedov. Uh, once again, a fight I did not see. Um, so it was a really oddly paced lightweight bout. It's like it's the fastest paced Rashid Magomedov fight, I guess. It's the best way to put it. Uh, Natana Schultz was uh, like, it, it was one of those things where Magomedov was pr- pretty clearly the more skilled of the two. But his reluctance to ever actually turn up the volume opened the window for Schultz to win rounds just based on volume. And also, he had a um, an eye poke uh, that was a result of Schultz coming in and him trying to push away. Um, that actually ended up costing a point. I was actually really surprised. He took the the referee took the point right away, like no warning, no you know don't do that again type deal. It was just like nope. We talked. I guess they talked about it in the back beforehand. You're getting a point taken away, um, and that was the window Megamedov needed. Like I think, I mean, uh, Schultz needed. I think that probably, um, that, that probably 
halted a little bit of Magomedov's defense. But it, know, it was a really weirdly paced fight. Like, have you ever seen, um, who was it? Uh, Alistair Overeem versus Sergey uh, Karatanov. Karatanov. The second one, where it's just like, it feels like they're fighting at the, like a, a, a weird pace for the, like the size they are. It kind of felt like that. And it went five rounds. Yeah. <laughs> like, it wasn't a bad fight. Like, it, it just wasn't a totally exciting one. It was just really weird. But props to show. Um, I'll say all that matters. Bad fight, weird fight. At the end of the fight, you won a million dollars. Yep. That's, that's what we're here for. <laughs> that's what they're here so, for. Yeah, well, yeah. That's we're what, here to watch we, them we, win a million dollars. Right. We, we were here to watch and, and have a feel-good story to... to Enjoy that we don't get to be a part tell, of. But. Tell the kids one day you watching the Tan Show, kind <laughs> right. of win a million dollars. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was the the lightweight final. So congrats to Show. Um, this next fight, even though I didn't watch it, God, I'm bitter. I wanted Andre Harrison to to, to really be in this final, but this is MMA. We don't we don't get what we want. Live by but, the grind, and, die by the grind, my friend. Yeah, but featherweight final, Lance Palmer, Steven Siler, uh didn't see this fight, but I'm going to say based on the scores that I'm seeing that this fight wasn't really close. Nah. Um, yeah, I got a 50-43, 50-45, all for Lance Palmer. Yeah, that was But I can uh, picture in my head how this fight probably was. Yep, it was exactly as you think. Uh, Lance Palmer repeatedly took Steven Siler down, and Siler kind of just didn't have an answer. Like, he tried submissions early, and it didn't work, and he got tired, and it was basically Lance Palmer laying and grinding his way to a victory. Um, I, 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 another feel-good story in this tournament, Steven Siler, who somehow ended up the number one seed after the first, uh, after the first round, uh, the round robin, uh, round robin round. Because he just, uh, unlike everybody else in the um, in his bracket, um, <clears throat> in the featherweight field, dude's a finisher, and he can rack up a lot of finishes uh, pretty quickly if you give him the opportunity. Um, and uh, it, it sucks a little bit because I was really uh, like, you know, uh, this is probably Siler's last chance to win like real money in MMA. Like Lance Palmer, wherever he goes, um, he's going to be a really solid fighter um who probably won't make he probably won't make a million dollars but he'll make a living yeah. playing on undercard and stuff like siler like he's had what 50 career fights already um dude gets hurt almost every fight he's in uh he's already got cut from the usc like um, like how many years ago three or four now you know what I'm saying? His fighting style doesn't really lend to longevity. Longevity and just, like, success, I guess. Like, consistent success. The type that gets you a paycheck every few months. But this tournament format was great for him. He fought every couple of uh, months. Guys didn't really have time to game plan around his submission game. Um, like, just, like, grit counts for so much more when you don't really have um, a plan. Guys are a lot more insistent on hopping on every opportunity they get. 
uh, and that leaves a lot of openings. And you know, Sour is the exact type of dude who will take advantage of those types of things. So, you know, it's, it sucks for Sour. Um, hopefully, he competes again next year. Uh, I can't imagine they won't have the number one seed and probably the most exciting dude in the featherweight tournament uh, compete unless he's like unhealthy or retires or something like that. So, uh, yeah, it was. We'll yeah, this was probably the. I'll go on let me say like the worst fight on the card. Yeah, like it wasn't bad, or, or it wasn't unbearable, but it was a Palmer. It was fight. a Lance Palmer fight. <laughs> if you've seen yeah. one Lance Palmer fight, you've seen enough. Yeah, you've seen it all. Yeah, pretty pretty much. Um, but hey, he Lance Palmer's good at what he does. It might not be the most exciting thing to watch, but it's effective when it works. So Lance Palmer brings back a mill. Him and all the uh, team alpha male boys going yeah, crazy. All, yeah, all, all the short team alpha male guys can go ride roller coasters. Um, I wonder if like one of them can't meet the height, the height requirement. Isn't the height requirement for most like <laughs> roller coasters just like five feet? Is it? I don't remember. <laughs> That'll be funny if just like one of them can't go. It's your ride. Like, one. G- <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess Joseph Benavidez is technically. Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, I was gonna say, Benavidez. They got. To, they got to leave him at the end of the line. He, he's got to go at the end of the roller coaster and like wait. <laughs> for the, <laughs> he's got to wait for the ride to be yeah, over. We could just have Megan Olivi go on with him. It's fine. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> but congrats to Lance Palmer, man. Uh, winning the featherweight final, getting his uh, million dollar payday. And the last uh, million-dollar payday uh, going down at middleweight. Lewis Taylor and Abu Sipion Magomedov. Um, this was a nice story, man. Lewis Taylor was 39 years old, I think. Yeah, he's 39. Um, yeah, 39 years old. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if he had planned on retiring before this, but I would think at 39, it's probably was the last hoorah um and i want to say I, I i think going into this fight magomedov was the favorite and uh taylor shut that down <laughs> there, there there were a couple leg kicks thrown uh, a couple stand switches and then lewis taylor leaped in with a left hook caught magomedov right on the temple and he died on the spot um I think he ate one ground and pound follow up. Yeah. Probably didn't even need to do that, but <laughs> he caught it anyway. And Lewis Taylor at 39 years old, uh, and I don't mean the the term journeyman in, in disrespect, but this is a man who's who's been around the block a few times. Um, like we, we like we stated earlier, this this is a guy who, in, in other organizations, and I mean he's been in Strike Force, he's been in Bellator, he was in PFL back when they were just WSOF, like. This is a guy who, in any of these other organizations, would not have gotten a chance to make this kind of money, um, or or have this kind of opportunity, and he got a million dollar payday at 39 years old, and he had his family in the crowd, wife's crying, and you know, it it was a good moment. It was a nice feel good moment, and boy oh boy did he. If you're gonna retire and set off into the sunset, this is the way to do well, it. Well, he said he was like, gonna do it again next year. Oh. I mean, I mean, I can't blame him. Yeah, go for two. <laughs> you know, it's better than a million dollars. 
Yeah. Two million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta gotta go win. I mean, dude, I, putting hands on people like that. Dude, just like if I won a million dollars, I damn right I'm going again. And then I was gonna say like another thing, and we didn't even mention this earlier. Um, with this million dollars, I mean, aside from obviously, you know, put the kids through school and take care of home. You know, I don't know what gyms a lot of these guys train at, but with a million dollars, if I'm thinking of leave, if I'm thinking of going to a better gym, I, I can do it now with no question. Right, right. Like I have the money to, I can upgrade my training. I can or bring in other training partners. You know, wh- whatever it is you want to do, now you have the resources and options to do so. So, you know, and that'll only help you get better. So exactly. Shout out to yeah, shout out to Lewis Taylor. Go 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 for the two P. Uh, real quick. Uh, Jordan Breen, uh, former Sure Dog Radio host, Jordan Breen, um, tweeted out the story about uh, Lewis Taylor. That well, not really a story, but that I had no idea about. Like his nickname used to be Handguns. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, for those who don't know, like Lewis Taylor comes from Chicago, uh, which is not it's not number one. Not, uh, when it comes to murder per capita in the U.S., I think that's like St. Louis, but it's up there. St. Louis or Baltimore? I don't think we're up there no more. Yeah. I think somebody took our crown. Yeah, I think it's St. Louis. But, um, what, so, in honor, well, not in honor, uh, like, in protest and awareness and whatever you want to call it, he decided to change his nickname from Lewis Handguns Taylor to Lewis Put the Guns Down Taylor. With a Z, and I love that. So shouts to uh, to Lewis Taylor for that as well. We put them guns on him, <laughs> <laughs> but it was the legal way, <laughs> you know, illegal and, and sanctioned. Exactly. Way. But uh, yeah, that that that's an awesome story. So shout shout outs to Lewis Taylor, man. Thirty nine years old, get getting that mill. And I, I guess we'll see next year if he can come back with a two-peat. Um, if, if, I, I guess in closing... If oh, next but, year happens. Yeah. yeah and that's, that's what I was going to lead into. Uh, to, to close out the PFL, um, I really liked what they did this year. Um, I, I like that just there are other organizations who just... They just tried something. I mean, not that the tournament... Tournament for, format isn't different. We've seen that before. But, like, trying to make a whole playoff structure with seating and all of this you know yeah it's kind of weird it's kind of kind of flunky but like it's just it's something different and like i think they pulled it off pretty well like i I still think there are things they could do to change it like i think the most glaring problem they had with this whole setup was it it was evident with the ray cooper and jake shields like there's no reason those two should have matched up twice like somehow they got to figure out the seating to switch it up or something to where, because there were there were a couple of matches that were like repeats that we just didn't need to see. Right? Um, didn't they do a, so, Didn't they do a one night tur- uh, a one night tournament the, a few years ago? And the guy who ended up losing in the first round ended up winning the, the whole damn thing because the guy got hurt. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I, I think it was Luis <laughs> Firmino who, who won the tournament. Yeah. But yeah, like the, tournaments come with these types of. Like no matter what the rules are, there's always gonna be some funkiness to it because somebody gets hurt. Um, I just think they should do well. I, I didn't pay attention. I don't think they did it like this, but they should do their seating the way like the NBA 
um, does. Like, your number one guy should fight, like, the number eight. Well, they did that. Was that what? Yeah. The problem is that they do, like, they, you don't, your record isn't based on wins and losses. It's based on their point system, which is based on, okay, I got um, three points for finishing, or five points for finishing somebody in the first round. Uh, whatever for second round, whatever for third, and if I don't win, like by um, finish, it's going to be like one point to my credit. Like, it, it's really weird that way, and I get why they do it. They do it to like you know as, as a reward for finishing, but at the same time, like a guy could go through just like three wars. Like Luis Palomino is a freaking pain in the ass to try and finish. Like. And it, it's just crazy to me to, like, penalize somebody for having a war with somebody and not being able to finish him. And then, like, somebody else is able to just kind of lay on top of somebody for, like, three rounds. And then, that, like, the 1456 mark hits, like, a guillotine and gets um, a submission and right. gets more points. And I, and I get, like I said, like, this isn't, in, like... <clears throat> This isn't. Um, th- this is all within the context of they do this to make it more exciting. So it might just be one of those things that you, you can't change. Yeah, you might not even no matter how they flip it. But I, I say that to say like I, I enjoy just like this, this something different, man. Just something different in the MMA world. It was a nice alternative. It was fun to watch. Like a lot of these fighters beforehand even the ones who i wasn't familiar with i just like watching it like it was something different um and they they stepped up like their production fa- uh, value uh coming from what world series of fighting had done like i think their rebrand at least just in terms of the product like i said i don't know how long they'll be able to stay around i don't know what the finances are looking not like. good because but, apparently they're handing out more comp tickets than ever like the, for the um the what was it the pfl nine or ten they like eighty four percent of the tickets they had get uh eighty four percent of the um the tickets they got at the gate were comped. Mm. Like that's insane. You're and that's only in an audience of about like three thousand people. So, like the financials are not looking good. But the the product was the, good, the, the, the product, product was, was great. It, it was it, like honestly like I, I, and I I'm number one when it comes to. Everybody pile on PFL. Look at these people just burn money in in the um, <laughs> in the pit. But like the product was great. Like it was quality MMA. Um, I will say their number one mess up was not having Kayla Harrison in a tournament and probably running six at the same time. And I get why they did that. You know, you want to start with all your guns. But at the same time, like, Kayla Harrison's the star. Um, or or I should say, she's the one with the most star potential. Because, you know, as great as a story as Lewis Taylor is, and as great as a story as, like, I don't know, um, what's the dude who won the world's way, uh, Magomed Karamov is, like, the, those are not stories that are going to get, like, mainstream sports coverage like kayla harrison winning a million dollars after um after winning two olympic judo uh medals at the olympics for judo that's the type of story that's going to get you coverage on espn 
She's, she's weedy box material. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that, it, um, so if I had like any criticism of PFL, you know, it'd probably be just not putting together that well, uh, that that uh, that lightweight tournament sooner. And I, I get why they didn't do it. You know, it's a logistical nightmare. Who do you bring in? Who who gets? You know, who who who? Yeah. Taylor had uh, not Taylor. Uh, Kayla has not fought MMA before, like last June. So like, yeah. so you you probably have to do a lot of digging. But a digging and <laughs> hand holding, like they had not seen her yet in the cage prior to the Elkin fight. And, like, even then, her next fight was, like, Josette Cotton, who has, like, nine professional fights. Like, come on. Uh, like, it, I get it. It'd be a big risk to put, like, to put a million dollars on the line like that for one woman in a tournament. And then... She somehow not... Yeah, like, the, the, there's a good yeah. chance she goes out there and gets knocked out. Like, you don't know what you're dealing with in cage product-wise. But now, like, that she better be this the focal point of the million-dollar tournament, like... I don't know. Go get not Julia, but Charmaine Tweet. Uh, go see if you can get Veronica Ruth. What was her name? Veronica Ruthenhauser. And with the the crazy knockout at Invicta way back, or was it Invicta? Or was it on the regional scene. Uh, Veronica Ruthenhauser. She she was the one. Yeah, she's the one with the big knockout punch at uh, Invicta. Four, yeah. Like, go see. Who she knock out? Uh, it was someone, uh, Catalina Molinganu. It was just the way she did it that was like, oh my god, I don't believe women can hit this hard type deal. It was like one of those. It was like how Jin Frey got big. Go see if you could dig her out of retirement though. Like, dude, like who, who they got to come out of retirement for um for a million dollars? You know what I mean? Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> you. He, yeah, the incentive to get these people to participate, pretty easy to sell. Like, listen, man, you throw on these gloves, you train for a little bit, you got a chance to win a million. Yeah. Like, and I, I think uh, Veronica retired because of, like she was worried about like problems with like CTE and stuff. But like, hmm. I'm sure she'd do it for a million dollars. For a million, you'll risk it. Yeah, yeah, you'll risk it for. Um, it. you can go get Charmaine Tweet. Um, I don't know if Bellator would like be like. I don't, I don't know, that'd probably be too big of a uh, a gambit for Bellator. We're like, okay, we let, um, I don't know, somebody go over to the women's lightweight tournament, and then they're upset because they they come back and we're not paying them a lot of money. <laughs> they won, they won the mail in PFL. <laughs> they just shred the Bellator contract. They, or they, or they just go back to Bellator and they're like, I just made a million dollars in three fights. Like, why are you guys not paying me that? Like, they're not right. even on real TV. <laughs> like, oh, you can get Reyna? There you go. You can go get Caitlin Young. It's a fun tournament. There you go. We'll figure this out. You can bring Zerzette Cotton back. Um... Cause how many people? I don't remember how many people on each bracket. Uh, I'm sure Cindy Dandois would do it. Like, you could do a nice little tournament. Yeah, I mean, it would it wouldn't be pretty, but hey, man, you can get Latoya Walker. Um, I'm I'm just naming names now. 
you know what I'm saying? There, there, there's some options if you can figure out how to finagle <laughs> all of these like, people. And, and that's get... the thing, like, you offer that much money, you can get people. And it, it, you just gotta make sure you pay these people. Yeah. Yeah, I was say, we'll, we'll, we'll find out a lot about next year's tournament based on how the payouts for this one go. Um, I mean, it's only been a day since it happened, so... Yeah, Comes and like... We can't... Re- yeah, we can't. Yeah, we can't report anything yet. As far as we know, none of the checks have bounced. Right. No, nobody's angry yet. So I'm pretty sure none of the checks have even been cut. Probably. <laughs> and there, there's no footage yet of Ray Cepho escaping via helicopter and doing like an evil laugh with a briefcase <laughs> in his hand. <laughs> so I guess everything's good. <laughs> but we'll see. But that was PFL 11. Um. Yeah, man, just shout-outs to them, man, doing something different, ending the year on a good note, and uh, give, giving out these million-dollar payouts, man. So I, I look forward to – I hope they do get to stick around, and I, I look forward to, to seeing what they can do next year. Um, so that, that'll that be something to keep in mind. Oh, around. real quick, before we move off to PFL and go to Ryzen, um, can we talk about how the, the checks were sponsored by GEICO? Really? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't and, know And, like, that. in my head, I'm just thinking, okay, Geico paid for, like, the actual physical check that they're handing them. That is worth nothing. And that's basically all they pay for. That, that That's oh. what I'm hoping is real. Because... Who knows? I mean, maybe Geico <laughs> actually gave them $6 million. I don't know, but... No, it isn't. <laughs> Geico's like, this is our, this is our charity for 2018. <laughs> Write you guys off on our taxes. Exactly. <laughs> Have you seen how much fighters make? This is absolutely charity. <laughs> Jesus. Oh man. But we'll we'll keep an eye on those checks. Hopefully they all clear. But uh, that was, that was PFL eleven. Uh, so moving on to the uh, the main uh, topic, main main event of this podcast. Uh. Ryzen 14, man. Clo- closing out the year and in, in only a way that Ryzen can. Japan. Um, shout Japan, out. Japan, my man. Yeah. They come through, man. They come through in the clutch every year. G- g- give us something just wild and just crazy to look forward to. Uh, shout outs to you guys who stayed up from 1 o'clock probably till about 10 the next day. Um, I was not one of those people. I woke up at seven in the morning, <laughs> and I had to rewatch the rest of the card. Um, but I will say, um, this was like the second pay per view this year that I actually paid money for. <laughs> I did buy this on on Fight TV. gave gave them my little twenty dollar endorsement. See, where's my Fandango uh, Fathom Events Ryzen card? Yeah. <laughs> That starts at one. It starts morning. at one in the morning and ends at like twelve, <laughs> they, and we're all just grumpy and smelly. I was gonna say they gotta keep back one worker for us, like one security guard or something, to make sure nothing crazy happens. He's he's got to cover the midnight shift. But um, <laughs> yeah, rising fourteen, man, cl- cl- closing out the the card as they do every year, and um, it's another 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 rising card in the books. Um, this card was main evented by Horiguchi and Caldwell because the other main event didn't exist. If they didn't show it on the broadcast, then it didn't happen, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> no, it happened. 
Yeah, uh, it happens. Oh, I mean. <sighs> Alright. Um. <laughs> Do you want me to start it? Nah, uh, I'll, I'll trudge through this. I actually rewatched it uh, a couple seconds ago. I had my phone on mute. and I... That's terrible. I know. God. Alright. Main, main event, man. Uh, Floyd Mayweather had a three round uh, exhibition well, against Tension. Now, this will see four. Uh, we we ain't get that far. <laughs> I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna hold it against you because we we didn't make it out the first round here. Yeah, we got we got nowhere. This fight went nowhere fast. But uh, Floyd Mayweather, uh, Tension Nasukawa, and their their exhibition fight. Um, I knew. All right, uh, I'm trying to figure out where do I even start. Um, Can I say something real quick? Yeah. So I'm going to lay out what I think happens. Um, in the build-up to this fight. Um, so, Brett, whatever his name is, from One Entertainment, it's a it's a group that works with Floyd, and they have partners in East Asia and everything. Um, they were like, hey, we can get you a really easy paycheck if you go to Japan and fight on this New Year's Eve card, and we'll get like this company to pay for you to fight one of their rising challengers or whatever. And Floyd was like, yeah, cool. And then they told him that it was like a kickboxer. Ryzen came back with tension. And Floyd was like, you know what? I see a way for me to make a lot of money in this situation. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to agree. Not agree to the rules yet. Go do a press conference in, like, in Japan. And then as soon as I come back, I'm going to say they lied to me. So that they are put in a spot where I have to... They have to give me what I want in order to make this fight happen. <laughs> because they already brought me out to Japan and announced that I was going to be on the card. I think that is what happened. I think that's why Floyd's saying he's getting paid $9 million as opposed to the $61 million. Uh, what's his name was going to say? Uh, what's his name said was going to be paid to him? Here that, he's just lying and he's, you know, ducking taxes, which is also a possibility. Um... So, yeah, I think that's what happened here. And it ended with Ryzen's top star getting the shit kicked out of him in front of the largest TV audience they have all year round. Yeah. What um, a bummer. When, th when this fight... First of all, when this fight first started, I noticed things that I probably should have known before. Um, I think I just underestimated how much bigger Floyd was than Tension. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't realize yeah, he is like twenty to thirty pounds bigger than Tension Nasukawa. Yeah, and and it's very visible. Like, you, you just look at body that. Well, not even say definition because Floyd's not like ripped, but like you just look at like thickness and height. Yeah, Floyd, height. Floyd Mayweather had five inches on Tension Nasukawa. <laughs> I was looking at them. I was like, oh no, I didn't realize it was this. I didn't know the discrepancy was this big. And then, you know, the fight starts, and I'm, I'm I say this a lot, I, want, I always pay attention to, like, body language and, and how people are moving, how it's looking. Attention's looking like it's the fight of his life, like he's taking this really serious. Floyd is looking like this is a very light sparring session. 
And I'm just looking at the way Floyd's moving and smiling, and I'm like, oh, no, he's about to kill him. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, he just had that look on his face like, all right. I think Floyd was like, let me see what you do for the first couple of seconds, and then depending on what you do, I'll return fire. And you know what I'm, I'm thinking happened? I think if Tension wouldn't have taken this so serious, that Floyd would have let this go all three. I think the fact that Tension was actually trying to, like, make something happen, Floyd was like, oh, no, we're not doing this. And he, uh, you know, Tension's trying to stick and move. He's, he's trying to make it work. Floyd is just marching him down, smiling, laughing, doing fake uppercuts. Having a good old time. <laughs> right. He is in there having a blast. The $9 million is just flashing in his face. And then, he, like, every time he swung at tension, I was like, oh, God, this is coming. It's coming. It's going to happen. Catches, uh, he catches tension with a, a left. Uh, tension hits that. The, he couldn't even fall like a regular person. Mm. He did, like, the, the falls were so, it made it so much worse. Like, that first left hook that dropped him, and he just kind of did this crazy stumble backwards gets back up you know i'm like we I, I was almost like can we just stop it now i don't this shouldn't go any further Check. but they continue this corner by the way who was just like yeah after a third time I was like yeah no please stop yeah <laughs> it, it got progressively worse like he gets staggered with the left they get back up he's trying to stick and move again Floyd's still laughing and joking around, having the time of his life. I think the second one was a right that caught him, like, flush on the chin. And he dropped him in the corner. Um, gets back up. I mean, I give tension all the props in the world. He, he kept getting back up. But this fight looked like, you know, big brother beats up little brother. Um, you know what? I'd, I'd actually venture to say, like, father beats up son. Like it was, This was an abusive dad beating up his son. This is, yeah. That's exactly what this was. Yeah. Um, this was hard to watch. Um, and afterwards, and like I said, to, to put context, I mentioned this earlier. I was about to work out. I just wrapped my hands. And I saw this knock. And I, I saw tension just get battered. And I just wanted to train to beat Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> 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 that, 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 so in 30 years, when Floyd's like 70, I'm coming, man. <laughs> he can still move. He's beating the shit out of Charlie Z. I, I, think, you, I think he'll still be able to take you guys. <laughs> so I, I had to start my little anime training montage because I didn't need to see this. This is not how I wanted, you know. I started my day with this. Like, I, I started my day watching this main event and... It put a very sour taste in my mouth. Um, Floyd won $9 million in, in about a minute. Did it go that far? Did it Two even minutes. go a minute? Yeah. So, um, there's not a, much to elaborate on that fight other than Floyd beat the bricks off of tension and it left me feeling very salty. Yeah. I mean, I figured this was how it was going to go. Like, but my 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 hope was tension 
realizing that he was clearly outmatched, would just roll through for that sweet rolling thunder <laughs> and catch Floyd with his shoes and knock him out. Yeah. But tension proved that he was too respectful of the rules and decided to just go out and chill. <laughs> Man, after that second knockdown, he should have just went for broke. Yep. He should have started throwing leg kicks. Uh, no, you, you only get one. You only get one because then Floyd, you know, goes to the referee and is just like, "What the fuck is this?" You, yeah. you gotta, People you gotta hit him with the head kick or you gotta hit him with the rolling thunder. That's it. I mean, what's Floyd going to do? It's Japan. <laughs> they don't... Well, I guess they regulate boxing. Maybe that's why he did it. He was just like, oh, I know how you guys do out here in MMA. I'm not going to freaking get no kickboxing match with you. We're going to the one that has the actual rules. Oh, boy. Um... Oh yeah, like like we said, not not a ton to dissect during that fight. Um, but one one thing I'll I'll, I'll talk about real well, I'll ask you real quick, um, and then we can get off this and move to the rest of the card, which will make my mood a little better. <laughs> I have a question too, so but you can go first. Oh, um, I was gonna say th th thoughts on the accusations that this was a fix, because that that was a discussion I saw up and down uh, my Twitter timeline. So like when people uh, say this shit, like. Do, do they think through the implications of what they're saying? Like, this was a fix. Yes, Ryzen fed their top young gun, like the number one star in their organization, to 40-year-old Floyd fucking Mayweather. And they paid Floyd Mayweather $10 million to do it. Why? Yeah. And I guess, you know, some people counter, oh, well, it's exposure. Well, here, here's the thing. Um, then you pay him to lose. Right. <laughs> like, if it had gone all four rounds, if it had gone four rounds, there would not have been a decision because it was an exhibition. It would have been ruled a draw and they would have moved on. Like, there is nothing to be gained by having your top star lose in front of the largest audience of the year in, in the fashion that he lost. Like, like this yeah. was just, like, like I said, I think this was just rising, getting backed into a corner, not realizing that they probably should have got the deal done before they announced anything. Yeah, this this being a fix to me didn't make any sense, and like, not even beyond it being a fix, like people's reasonings were kind of like making me scratch my head. They're like, oh, well, Floyd couldn't knock anybody out in boxing. Floyd also wasn't fighting people who were a hundred and twenty-five. And when he was, he knocked <laughs> them the fuck out. Like, <laughs> so it's like, dude. Yeah, well, what are you guys talking Floyd, about? Like, oh my god, dude, like. Do like the last ten years have been just a study in just like sh people freaking with short memories. Floyd Mayweather wasn't always a one forty seven pounder. Like the dude started his career what one twenty five one thirty, back when he was um 
just getting out the Olympics. He was knocking everybody out. Like, if you look, like, the, the 25, uh, 27 knockouts he has on his resume, like, most of them came before he ever moved up to 140. Like, oh, my God. Like, like remember what he did to Shamba Mitchell? I remember that one. I always just remember. Anytime I think of Floyd, one of the first fights that comes to mind is Ricky Hatton. But I don't think that was the one of his earlier ones. Corrales. Oh, that, that I do remember. Yeah. That one hurt. <laughs> that one hurt. Because <laughs> I like Chico. R.I.P. Chico. Like. Yeah, he beat he be, yeah, be the brakes off of Chico. Dude was out here just murdering dudes. Like, back at Super Featherweight. Like, I don't understand people. Like, because they were like the fall looked fake. I'm like, all right, the first fall, all right, we bit dramatic, whatever. The second one, when he got caught with that right hand, that wasn't fake. That was flush on the chin. I didn't think tension was gonna get back up. <laughs> like, that one was pinpoint on the chin. And go, then go get uh, hit by I, somebody who's thirty pounds heavier than you, and also the right. best boxer. 20 years yeah like and see if you see if you see if you're up in the next five minutes to even talk about it like that looked like i got hit i'm still conscious but i can't help but falling down like that's what that looked like to me and you know it really really broke my heart that i didn't because i well yeah after the fight ended i immediately cut the stream off i was really angry that i even watched it i continued my training montage <laughs> so I, I didn't like I didn't see the post fight anything anything the first day around. Second day, I go I go back online. Obviously, people are still talking about it, and I see a picture of Floyd like holding up Tension's arm, and Tension is like bawling his eyes out. Dude, like he's only twenty years and old. I, and I know what a real crowd looks like, but that was not fake. That man was hurt. Like, pride was probably hurt, even though this was just an exhibition, like. That was probably the first time in his entire life that he has ever felt outgunned. Yeah. And there was, like, nothing he could do about it. Luckily, it was in a fight that didn't, you know, count towards a record or anything. I mean, anything, kickboxing but... records don't mean anything. If we're being real. But, but now I get what you mean. Yeah, that that. Ugh. Also, the weird people who said we should give Conor McGregor credit. No, for going nine, like, <laughs> the, the fuck is wrong with y'all? McGregor <laughs> is actually bigger than Floyd. Right. <laughs> like, like where are y'all getting? There's no. Somebody mentioned this earlier. I can't remember who, but like people don't use like context when they. They have no lack of context when they make these claims or, like, when they... It proves that people still, to this day, for some reason, no matter how long they've been watching combat sports, or some of them, I'm assuming, they just don't watch it much at all. Like, a lot of y'all just don't know what you're watching. Like, you don't... You can't... There's a disconnect. There's a disconnect. Yeah, you can't put things... There's something wrong in your head, basically. Like, where you cannot yeah. put the things in front of you, like, you, you, you can't make sense of them. And it's fucking bizarre. 
a guy punching a guy that he outweighs by 30 pounds and knocking him out or knocking him down repeatedly I don't know why that seems so far-fetched <laughs> I don't know why that seems so absurd and I could see if Floyd was like some middle of the road you know like some nobody yeah, some journeyman that Ryzen found in like a club gym right but Oh, yeah, we're talking about a guy who's won 50 fights and has not lost we're, one. We're talking about a guy who fought some of the best fighters of the 21st century and beat them all. Yeah. And not many of them even really came close. Like. But yeah, that that, that was the main event. Um, yeah, this this wasn't a fix. This, this, went this was a miscalculation. Yeah. <laughs> that went way too far. You know, maybe there is some good that comes from this. Like, if Tension is the fighter we think he is, he'll come back, he'll he'll, he'll sharpen up, he'll, ref- like, he'll, he'll focus, and he'll turn us all around. And I think he can. Maybe he'll never be the star that he was going to be if he stayed undefeated and just kept going and Ryzen just kept feeding him MMA fighters and stuff like that. But like I, I think I, I think the Japanese crowd is a little bit more forgiving. Like their combat sports fans seem to be able to put things into context better than the ones here. Um, yeah. But maybe this makes Ryzen desperate enough, or maybe not desperate enough, but this weakens their position enough to where we get Tenshin Asakawa versus Takaru next year at Ryzen New Year's Eve. There we go. That's 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 the next. That's the big one. That's the one we all want. That's the, yeah, that's 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 the show we came here for. <laughs> that's that's the big one. And you know what? The the other positive, I guess, to, to spin this, a lot of young fighters, you know, they get that devastating loss. He got his on a fight that didn't count for anything. Exactly. But the feeling was real, though. Oh yeah, like, no, he was. I'm pretty crushed. sure. He, like, he yeah, he legitimately like, thought he was going to go out there and be Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, like, I don't know why. Like self confidence is a hell of a drug. Like you gotta have, you gotta it. have it. Like, <laughs> you gotta like, have. How it. often do we say the best fighters in this sport are delusional beyond all belief? Yeah, yeah, you have to be. Because a lot of what you're doing in general just it doesn't even <laughs> it doesn't make sense. You have to be some kind of crazy. You chose to fight for to money. Even... Like come on. Right. Yeah. But like I said, he he got his he got his loss on a fight that didn't count for anything. But he still got all of the, like the feeling that you know most of it you know wasn't for like a belt or anything. He he got a real world feeling of what that can taste right. like. So now he can go back to the gym. Like I don't ever want. I mean, obviously his I would assume you know obviously his kickboxing fights aren't going to be under these circumstances where he's fighting a dude who's outweighing him by like thirty pounds, but. He can at least go back to the gym. Like, I don't ever want to feel like that. Now you got me thinking about um, Tenshin Asakawa versus, like, Giorgio Petrosian. <laughs> Have him up against, uh, what's the 45 dude from Oh, uh, Robin Van Rusman? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he lost. He, he lost to, what's his name? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, he did. He did. So... Yeah, that, that dude's a beast, too. The guy he lost to. I can't remember his name. I think it was one of the Thai guys, right? I think he lost to. Uh, Pedge Pudden Rung. 
Pitch Venom run. Yeah. Run. Yeah, that dude's nasty. That dude's that dude's pretty good. But nah, man, that, that was the main event. Um, what was what was inevitable? Just came to exactly, play. and it, it it was just painful to watch. But uh, off of that fight, man. On to better happenings. On to the real main event. Kyoji Horiguchi, Darian Caldwell, fighting for the bantamweight title. Um, props just props to Scott Coker for even like letting this happen, like letting this be a thing. Um, I enjoy when promotions are willing to send their fighters to other places, um, and just letting them, you know, showcase their talents and. Especially in a fight like this, where it's not like Caldwell was going over to fight some squash. Like, you know, he he wasn't getting like a showcase fight where he could just go beat on somebody. Like, you're going to fight <laughs> what some people would consider like the best fighter who's not in the UFC right now, um, or one one of the best at least. So, that that was awesome to, to see. So, props to Coker for for even you know letting that go down. But, yeah, I was really hyped for this fight to see how this would play out. Darian Caldwell, obviously, been doing his thing in Bellator for a while. Horiguchi, we all know. That his post-UFC life has just been great. <laughs> like, post-UFC life has, seems like it's just been treating him, yeah, treating him really well. Um, Dude is now a legitimate star in Japan. Yeah. Like, he's out here getting <laughs> beat by Dre in, like, actual Reebok deals by himself where... He's probably making more than almost any UFC champion besides maybe Connor. So yeah. he he he's doing pretty good for himself. Um, it was another fight that when this fight started, I was like, "Ooh, man, Caldwell's so much bigger than he is." Like, <laughs> I don't know if it was just because Horiguchi's stance is so like crouched over. No, it, it, like but, like but Caldwell is a legitimate one forty five er who somehow manages to make one thirty five. Like he yeah, is a he, big man. Like he's like five yeah, yeah. ten, I want to say. Yeah, and he had—I can't remember the like, stat. He had like eight. What was the reach advantage he had? It was absurd. He he had a really big reach like, advantage over. Horace imagine Bushy. being a one thirty-fiver with a seventy-four inch reach. Right, <laughs> crazy. And that was actually one thing I was impressed with this fight about Horiguchi, even though the earlier parts of the fight, um, parts of it weren't going in his favor. The way that he was able to like leap in and close distance so well, um, over a guy who had him, you know, had a crazy reach advantage over him, he was still able to leap in and kind of like land these overhand rights, um, a few times. But uh, Caldwell, you know, typical Caldwell fashion, you kind of know his game, you know the wrestling pedigree, you know what he's in there to do. If he gets you down, it's probably not going to be a good time. Um, he got Horiguchi down early in the fight, um. He controlled him for a bit, but he didn't really do any damage. Um, it's kind of like jockeying for positioning. And But props to Horiguchi, because we've seen a lot of other guys that, you know, when Caldwell takes them down, they're getting slammed and beat up on. He was always, you know, no matter where he got taken down, he was always fighting jockeying for position to try to get back up. Um, and he, he managed to do that a few times. Um, but Caldwell did... <laughs> It was kind of funny watching Caldwell. I assume this might have been his first time fighting in the ring. Yeah. When he tried to go for that Kimura, and Horiguchi's body was like halfway out the <laughs> ring. And he, and he, he was not letting go of his arm at all. 
he was trying for that Kimura so hard, but Horiguchi got out of it. Um, and like I said, Horiguchi, man, in, in, in the times he was able to get back to his feet, he was really good at just leaping in and closing distance um, over a guy who had a crazy reach advantage over him. He, he caught Caldwell a couple decent times. He, he caught him with a nice kick that put him down. Um, but Caldwell, again, got back to the ground game, was able to wrestle him, uh, take him down, control him. And it kind of looked like one of those fights that was going to, it was going to end up like, man, Horiguchi's going to lose this just because Caldwell is just, he's so much bigger and stronger and like Horiguchi's just not going to be able to get anything off because he can't keep this guy off of him even though he's not really doing much. He's hes just controlling him the whole time. And in good old round three, uh, Todd's turn, well, I'm going to say they turned because Horiguchi got taken down again. Yeah. <laughs> but uh Horiguchi's back was against the ropes and I don't know if you noticed but I noticed this the very first time I watched this fight if you if you look up if you look at Horiguchi's face like five seconds before he sinks in the submission he has this look on his face like like he just looks up like he saw something like I think I can do this and then he just kind of <laughs> he, he just kind of reaches in for the guillotine and it looked like Caldwell got too, I think because the, the you know his wrestling was working so well that he kind of just got, he had a chill moment. And I don't know, maybe he just got too lackadaisical. Because yeah. Koji just had this little smirk on his face like, oh, I, I, I think I got this. And he just kind of, he sinks it in. And for a second, like he got it in, it looked tight. And I thought Caldwell was going to end up getting out because from the camera angle, I couldn't tell what it looked like on the other side. Like, I didn't know, like, if his head was about to slip out and he was, you know, about to pop back out. But head didn't pop back out. He gets choked out. Very reminiscent of the Joe Ty Mingler. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much that that happened. Horiguchi gets a huge win over, over Bellator's champ, further cementing himself as, like you said, he he's on that superstar status, dude. Like, dude. But besides, like Demetrius Johnson, is Kyoji Oruji the best fighter not in the UFC right now? Yeah, he at this point, <laughs> a win a win like that is hard to argue. It's hard to argue for anybody else. Like, like I said, like Caldwell is a, like Caldwell would be a very good size featherweight. He wouldn't be like the largest one. He'd still probably be like a Max Holloway or um no not Max like uh Brian Ortega, like uh, thicker. But dude is huge for one thirty five. Or Gucci's an uh, an all right size one twenty five er. Right. So you know that that tells you all you need to know about the size difference here and how impressive this win is for him. Um What a year for him, huh? Hey, man. The man, like I said, post-UFC career for him has been amazing. <laughs> he, he hasn't missed a yeah. step. And now he's about to have a whole new cast of fighters to fight because the UFC's cutting their flyweight division. Yeah, and now they can, you know, I'm, I'm sure Ryzen's more than willing to pick some of them up. And... Imagine we get like Horiguchi DJ two. Oh yeah, and I was gonna say I feel like 
I feel like that's still a thing that can happen. It, it most certainly can. I don't know, like, what Victor Kui is thinking now that he has a TV deal. Like, is he going to protect his guys? I mean, like, let's be real. How much protection does DJ need? Uh, like, he, well, for starters, he already beat Horiguchi, and he's already a million times better than anybody one can possibly find to put in front of him. Okay. So, it might it might get to the point where like, kind of like how it was in the UFC, where DJ just kind of runs through everybody, and there's no, you know, you got you got to find some way to keep your champ busy and happy. So. You know, why why not do some kind of cross promotion and you know mix things up, keep things. I'm trying to think of Ryzen and one have done any like I said like I guess there's Aoki. Who did Aoki fight for Ryzen? No, no, he showed up in the Ryzen event and threw a bottle at freaking. It was supposed to be at uh, I think Yachi, but he ended up just throwing it at Kawajiri on accident. <laughs> No, no, he fought for Ryzen. He did, he did. He fought uh, Sakuraba. I forgot about that. Wade. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a thing. But, um, I, I, ho- I hope that that fight happens eventually, because that's probably the best fight that can happen outside the UFC right now. Like, may- maybe Chandler Pitbull, um, small, smaller Pitbull, uh, is up there as well, but... Mendez, Pitbull. I mean, Mendez's still in the UFC, so... We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. But yeah, man, Horaguchi. The Gooch. That yeah, man, out here just just winning at life. So um, I, I believe as part of the deal for sending over Caldwell, um, Horaguchi is now obligated to go fight him at, in Bellator. Hmm. I imagine it goes better for Caldwell this time around, but you never know. I, I, I think the yeah. I think Horiguchi's style is stunted a little bit by the ring. I know he's been having all the success and like everything, but um, the the cage, especially a cage like Bellator's cage where there are no corners, provides just a lot of space for these karate guys to move around that range. Like, you know, it's it's a lot easier to cut somebody off in a ring than it is a cage. Yeah. So, uh, so that, that's an interesting matchup. I'm, I'm curious for Horiguchi. No, he's now the lineal bantamweight champion. <laughs> well, I mean, his mom or well, I guess his son's out technically the bantamweight champion because Tyson Nam lost it to freaking Marlon Moraes because he was the lineal champion. Man, oh man. Yeah, with Bellator, just bad luck sending their champions out to fight other guys. <laughs> but you know what, I though? I appreciate it, though. You know what? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I appreciate that they they even they have the gall. They'll, yeah, they'll especially since they only freaking have their bandweight champion fight like once a year in his actual division. Yeah. So. So. I'm I'm with it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I give him I give I give him props because, you know. No, I don't think a lot of other organizations are willing to. They're not going to throw their guys out there like that, especially against a guy like Horiguchi. Like, so a lot of that's a, that's a phone call a lot of people are ignoring. <laughs> but shout out to Horiguchi, man, out here winning that life. Um, but you know, I'm I'm still looking forward to see Caldwell again. I'm still a big fan of his. Um, that's got to suck though, man. He's doing so well, and then 
Hey, like he was doing well, but like at the same time, it was the same type of well where like, come on, like he's not really doing a lot. Yeah, like that that was a lot of lay and playing. And I was gonna say with the way Rosin scores fights because it's not a round by round basis. Who knows if he was gonna win like under scorecards? Yeah. Yeah, had Horiguchi just had one big moment in like the third, you know, like maybe he got backs up and he cracks Caldwell one time, he could have realistically still stole yep. the fight. Um, yeah, because Caldwell didn't really inflict a ton of damage. But awesome, aw- awesome fight, man. I-, I was that that was just really awesome to watch. So props to Horiguchi out here just winning that life post UFC career. Just... Sky, sky's the limit, man. I'm I'm, I'm glad to see him doing well. So that was the uh, co-main event uh, of uh, Ryzen 14. Moving on down the card, uh, Ayaka Hamasaki and Kana Asakura. Um, man, Asakura just didn't really seem to have a lot of answers <laughs> for, for uh, really anything. Um, Hamasaki put a lot of pause on her too. I was actually surprised how much this fight was... Her just landing a lot of right hands, a lot of hands in general. <laughs> just, she just, it, it looked like somebody, I don't know what their records are, but we all know like Hamasaki has fought the best of the best. She's been in there with, you know, she, she's, she's been in there with, with, with some of the top fighters. So though their records might be similar and like they've had some like the same length of fights, quality of opponent all of that taken into consideration Hamasaki just kind of looked like she was out there like she 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 knew what was going on and then As- Asakura just didn't seem like she was you know like the the, the student challenged the the master the master just kind of like people uh, <laughs> I, I can't even say people forget like Ayaka Hamasaki man she is the most experienced atom way on the planet she uh, she's also the best anime on the planet, but you know, beside the point. Um, like she was for the longest time before Invicta, um, kind of built a solid foundation for women's strawweight. She was the top strawweight on the planet for a hot minute. Um, you know, going way way back to before she fought Claudia Gadella. Um, like she's been doing this for almost a decade, for a decade now, 2019, uh, 2009, she's first fight. Um, like she's got w- two wins over say, uh, say, Hey, um, uh, I butchered the fuck out of that name. Yuka Suji, <laughs> Lacey Shuckman, Mizuki Inoue, Emi Fujino. Like th- there's a woman who was around for a while before like. Kanasakura came along, and like I, I know they only have a few couple year uh, actual f- fights in difference, but like it, it makes sense that she gets big sistered by the more experienced grappler, like and, and, like Asakura. Like I, I think she'll be fine. I think she'll cut bounce back. She's only twenty one years old, but um, I think I was just surprised that it wasn't even just the grappling that was big sistering her. Like she was, she was landing right hands and. Like, all of the exchanges, Hamazaki was, like, clearly getting the better of. Mm. And Kana was just, she looked like a deer in headlights out there. Like, she, there was no kind of, like, recourse. 
Like, there was kind of nothing. There was, like, nowhere she could take the fight where it seemed like she was going to have right. advantage. I mean, that's just, it's just the nature of the beast. She's never been a strong striker. So once the wrestling just kind of wasn't there for her, um, it just makes sense to me that Hamasaki, who's a who's a competent striker, um, she you know she's mostly known for her grappling, but she's fine on the feet, um, not amazing or anything, but like the it's the stronger woman winning it out, so it makes sense. And <laughs> that that armbar was kind of I felt so bad for Asakura because Hamasaki gets it down, goes for the armbar. And Asakura tries to, like, roll out of it, and instead she rolls, like, right back yeah. into it. <laughs> like, she she, she got, like, um, Hamasaki had that brace right across the net, uh, got the, um, she didn't have her foot over that. She was using her shin to push off and get her right back into position. So, there was no escape. Yeah, she, uh, I felt like that final sequence was kind of like the, uh, Represented what the overall fight was like. Like, kind of no matter what you do, I, I got right. you. <laughs> like, that, that was kind of it. Um, but hey, man, Hamasaki now the, uh, was it Super Adam Weight yep. Champ? So, so she's probably going to fight Rena. I got to say one thing about that fight, though, that really annoyed me. My God, was that intro so long. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I went back to watch the stream. And I just kept having to fast forward because, like, what? Why is this intro so long? What? Why do they keep walking the belt around to every corner? Like, they, they know what they're fighting for. <laughs> it, so you at home knows what they're fighting for. God, it was. Ugh. Welcome to Japanese MMA, my friend. I guess I can't complain too much because had I been one of those people that had already been up for like seven hours, that probably would have really pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> But, uh, nah, man, great great performance from Hamasaki, man. Just pr- pretty dominant all the way around. And she, she, she leaves with gold around her waist. So, shout to her. Really great performance. Oh, boy, this next fight was funny. <laughs> this was at 205, right? Oh, yeah. Freaking. Oh, yeah, this, well, this not is the two, most 205. 205 like, what? 93 kilograms is like, what, 220? Uh, oh, it's 205. Oh, wow. Oh boy, this was the most 205 fight. <laughs> this is the most Brandon Jerry... Holmes fight. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry Projaska and Brandon Halsey. Oh boy, was this this fight was something. This is to why sprints, um, uh, sprint rounds, 10 minute first rounds are not a good idea if you are a wrestler. Um, I mean, first of all, before we even talk about the fight, uh, Brandon Halsey's aesthetic. Uh, just took me back to like 2002. Um, you know, big, big wrestler guy. With these little shorts and the shoes. <laughs> like he got transported straight from the the, the throwback days. Um, it, but not. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, you could tell he was from the throwback days because he got tired just like every other wrestler in Pride. <laughs> Man, he, he comes out, I mean, in the fight in the beginning was going pretty good for him, like, he, he goes in, he's, he's working his wrestling, dude dude is crazy strong, really big, wrestling's working, he takes Jerry down, but he just had a series of very just weird, <laughs> just, 
just really, there were just a couple of weird moments in this fight, but I, I had to remind myself, like, this is 205. Like, 205, it's not just in the UFC. Like, 205 everywhere is just, like, yeah. there are moments where you're just like, what is going on here? Um, so, Halsey, like I said, beginning of the fight's working pretty well. He's getting his takedowns, working his grappling. You know, all, all, that's, all, all that's, you know, fine and dandy. Then it stops working, and then Halsey, five seconds later, is, 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 is tumbling over the ropes, <laughs> or tumbling outside the ropes. Then at one point, he falls outside of the ring and hurts his back, and he looks very old. <laughs> he's, he's hunched over, holding his back. Jerry's looking at him like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> Jerry starts to come back. Uh, I give Jerry credit. I like the... um. Like, after a while, like, he had got taken down a few times. He was trying really hard for that flying knee KO. Because every time Halsey was shooting in, he kept trying to, he kept trying to jump and land that flying knee. Um, he landed it, but he never, you know, obviously didn't, didn't KO him with it. But, um, so yeah, like, the, the falling out the ropes was just kind of weird. Um, but all the weirdness wasn't just on Halsey's side. Uh, there was a moment where... Uh, I think Halsey had Jerry's back, and he was landing ground and pound. Jerry's trying to, like, get back up. And there's, like, a two-second moment <laughs> where Jerry, like, he lifts his head up, and he just sits there. Like, like dude, you know you're fighting, right? Like, you kind of need to maybe move around. Like, he literally just sticks his head, like, straight up in the <laughs> air. <laughs> oh actually no before i even get to that when halsey had him in the guillotine i thought jerry was gonna die like, <laughs> <laughs> like i reiterate halsey's a big dude like he, he he has that like he-man body so when he has his guillotine and and veins are popping out his head because he's bald so they're very visible <laughs> like I'm looking at Jerry's face like, dude, he's about to get out of here. Like, and somehow he gets out. But that last sequence where, like, Jerry has his head up in the air. Halsey goes in for a rear naked choke. That should be money. Like, <laughs> like he gave you the choke. Like, <laughs> he handed you the win. Somehow he doesn't get the choke. He loses position. And Jerry ends up on top of him. And I don't know if Halsey was just, like, tired or... <laughs> I, I don't know what happened. <laughs> Jerry ends up on top, lands some ground and pound. Uh, Halsey ends up, like, on his stomach. And then Jerry, like, kind of lands a ground and pound from behind where he's, like, coming through the guard underneath. Catches him on the chin a couple times. <laughs> fight is over. And I'm looking at Halsey like, dude... Yeah, the whole fight. This fight, he handed it to you on the platter. It was just there, and you just, you just let it go. <laughs> yeah, this, this is the most two hundred five fight you'll ever watch. Yep. So yeah, that's 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 pretty much how that fight went. I mean, um, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Brandon Halsey, face down. 
looked uh god he was unconscious I guess it's a mission but he looks unconscious Yeah, uh, so I don't know. You know what? Though, oh, I, finish. Yeah, I'll say what. What I didn't like though, I didn't like that the the, the announcer really bothered me in this fight. Who, who announces for Rosa? Com- commentary. Yeah. Uh, um. The 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 the, the B side guy. I call him the B side guy. The car dude. One of the guys was like, didn't mind. I didn't mind him. Like he wasn't great, but he was just kind of there. But the other guy was bothering me because he said, like, well, Halsey just gave up. I was like, I don't think he just gave up. Just think he was really tired. <laughs> and not even that, like, I make fun oh, of the Oh, it was Frank Trick. The ground and... Oh, was that Trick? Oh, God, Trick. Come on, man. Because he, he really... And I get it because the fight was just kind of bizarre, but he just made it seem like Halsey just quit. And I was like, I don't think he just quit. I think it was one, he was tired to you know as much as i make fun of this fight because how bizarre it was the ground and pound that he caught halsey with they were clean shots like and these are two very big gentlemen these are these are two large <laughs> two large dudes and that ground and pound he caught was pretty flush so a combination of him being tired and getting hit pretty hard like two times flush on the chin you know that'll do it to anybody i don't think he just quit but um, no, this is the most two hundred five fight. Oh, that it was Showdown Ferrero and uh, Frank Trigg. Ferrero, my bad. So yeah, I don't like rising commentary either. So I feel yeah, well, I yeah. feels it you. Was, yeah, it, it was kind of. I I didn't really notice it until that fight. It kind of like. I, I mean, it could be worse. We could have Joe Warren back. Ugh. <laughs> I, I don't think anybody needs that. Nah. Jimmy Smith, get go to Ryzen. Oh, dude, there we go. There we go. Go to Ryzen. You you will greatly improve the quality of uh, commentary going over over there. But uh, Jerry Jerry Prozaska gets a win in a fight that he had no business winning, but it's two oh five, so these things just kind of happen. Um, it is what it is. Round one, TK Okeo. <laughs> Next fight. Wow, these next three fights, including the Halsey one, all ended, all ended in the first round. Uh, next fight, Gabby Garcia and Barbara Napanu Musino. Probably said that very wrong, but I tried, and that's what matters. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if it's because I haven't like seen Gabby in a while, but I was like, did she get bigger? Because <laughs> there think, was, I think she stopped trying to make the cut. Like I, I think this was just like because I think before they had her like cutting weight. Because when she, the moment in the fight, and I'm kind of fast forwarding here, but the mo- the the last sequence of the fight where she got the trip and took Barbara down, I was looking at like her back muscles. And I was like Bane. Like <laughs> I don't remember her being this no, big. She's, she's been big, bro. Like I knew she's been big, but she looked like. I don't know, maybe just I was just looking at the back. I was like, those muscles are just about to pop. Like, I don't know if you guys remember in the Street Fighter movie, the live action one that was so terrible that it was good. But, like, there was a scene where um, 
Gal caught somebody with like an uppercut, and like for two seconds, the camera zoomed in on his biceps. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was like it was like a muscle on top of a muscle. That's what Gabby's back looked like. <laughs> I was like, dude, she is. That's scary. Like, she is so cut up and just like. You know, we we always say like there are fighters who just look like superheroes. Like she's kind of in that vein where like she, she's so muscular that it almost doesn't look real. It's a it's a shame like, that we're not in the eighties anymore because she'd make a lot of money in B movies. Right. <laughs> I feel like she could still. All right, probably not. Yeah, well, she's not gonna be in a Hollywood blockbuster. Come in, throw her in Wonder Woman. I was gonna say you you can throw on like Wonder Woman or at the very least I, I watch a lot of martial arts flicks you could throw her in one of those as like one of those random like she's not the main villain but she's like she's, just, she's the henchman she's she's the one yeah. throwing like a crate at you as you try to escape yeah. the warehouse yeah she 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 can she can be in a bunch of those movies <laughs> she, she needs an she agent. could be in the Cynthia Rockwell but, movie Rock was it Rockwell or Rockwa Roth uh, Rock uh, Rock Roth there yeah. we go. Yeah, she yeah she she would have flourished <laughs> in one of those, but um no I mean this fight didn't really last all that long um I mean they traded on the feet. Gabby striking is kind of weird to watch. Um, I don't know. I think it's because her arms are I don't know. It's, it's weird. <laughs> but you know we we know what the Gabby's game plan is. Striking's not her bread and butter. She's she's getting in to close the distance. And uh, once she did that and she got Barbara down, it was, you know, it, it's a wrap. Get, gets a key lock and ends it in round one and it's, it's, it's all over. Uh, yeah, I was kind of upset. Not because not I wanted the other girl to win, but I wanted to be more competitive. Cause, uh, and I kind of feel for Gabby Garcia because like, she really just wants to fight. But at the same time, it's just like there's no one for you to fight. But yeah, I mean, and we talk about Kayla Harrison not having the talk about Cyborg not having anybody to fight. Yeah, like, like there's a reason she's fighting pro wrestlers who are like in their fifties. I don't know, like go go box. That's all. I, like there's no one to fight in boxing, but at least there are women who are like 200 pounds who are in their like thirties. How tall is Barbara? Six feet, I think. Yeah, she was, yeah, she was pretty big too. She just didn't have muscles bulging out. Oh of yeah, no, she is a like, um, God, what is she? Like a hundred sixty something pounds, something like that. Yeah, I'm not gonna find it, but yeah, she's like a hundred sixty something pounder. Oh wow, it has a list of two hundred and four pounds. She didn't look two hundred four pounds. Hmm. Well, I don't know. It could be just because she was next to Gabby. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> In comparison, because Gabby is like, she she's built like she was created. She she's on the the Lesnar tip, and like the Romero tip of people that look like they were they weren't born. They were built. They were created somewhere. These are these these are the androids that are among us. Exactly. Just walking freely, just wrecking, wrecking shop. But um. Uh. Oh, <laughs> the the, the post-fight scene. I say that like it's a movie. Uh, the woman who came in after the fight was over? Mm-hmm. Who, who, who was that? 
Wait, what? The, the, you, you, you saw that after oh, the no, fight, right? Because I, I didn't watch you the did? stream. My, my car. Ah, yeah. So the... I don't, I don't know her name. Um, so I guess this was somebody Gabby was supposed to have fought. And the fight didn't happen. So she came in after the fight was over and she had the microphone and people were holding her back. And I'm going to assume she was cussing Gabby out in Japanese. Oh, um, oh, that's, um, what's her face? Um, was it the woman she went to no contest with? Short hair? Uh, oh, Gabby Garcia. Uh, I am, Oksana, no, that was a Russian woman. Shin, Shino, Shinobu Kondori. Shinobu Kondori? Yeah. Uh, no idea. Uh yeah this was yeah this was a former for that a former scheduled opponent. Uh she came into the ring after the fight was over, grabbed the microphone, says a lot of Japanese words that I obviously didn't understand, but they didn't sound too friendly. Um, and Gabby said, "I respect you." She is a fifty-four-year-old wrestler. No, oh, well she was very heated. Also a politician, <laughs> a member of the House of mm. Counselors in the Diet National Legislature. Uh, in Japan. Well, she's she's about that life. She she wanted all the smoke, but uh, people held her back. But she she was in there going. I mean, on. at least she has <laughs> MMA experience. It's over twenty years old at this point, but <laughs> she has been in the actual fight. Gabby oh. <laughs> would have sat on her, and it would have been. Over. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Cause I was I was looking at the size of her, and I thought she was just like a random fan. <laughs> And then I found, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I was looking like, who is this? And then when I found out a former opponent, like Gabby just would have sat on you, and she would have won via submission because you couldn't even get back up. Like she wouldn't even need it to like do an arm lock. You you just would have just would have gotten sat on. Um, <laughs> Gabby Garcia uh, defeats Barbara uh, Nepo Muchino uh, via key lock in the first round. Um, <laughs> uh, going on to the next fight, which I was really looking forward to, Damian Brown and Darren Crookshank. Um, Crookshank and Rosin has just turned out to make all the sense in the world. I just feel like his style just fits them. Because yeah, like, it doesn't matter whether you win or lose. It, it matters whether you entertain, and even when he's losing, yes, it's entertaining because he's, he's losing. Let's be real. It's it's fun watching Darren Crookshank throw fights away. <laughs> I'm not gonna go that far. Cause I like him, and this fight kind of like this fight reminds me of kind of like why his UFC career just didn't pan out so well. Like he's another one of those guys that it just seems like he's winning until he's not. Because um, he's a bad th this decision fight, maker. Yeah, it's, it's amazing yeah. that Ryzen managed to find two former UFC fighters who were bad decision makers and put them on the same card. <laughs> <laughs> on the same card where they had Brandon Halsey and Darian Caldwell. <laughs> like, it's amazing. Yeah. All, and then they all got the same on result. This, but on, also on the same card where they put Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> <laughs> it was the only way Rosin could have ended. Like, this. Boy, was this a Crookshank fight. Um. Very entertaining in the beginning. If you know Crookshank, you know dude's a really talented striker. So he's getting the striking off. He landed a couple of beautiful spinning elbows. Uh, one of them he hurt Damien with. Um, they exchanged leg kicks. 
Uh, Damien actually knocked uh, Crookshank on the ground with one of his leg kicks. Um, Crookshank did a really slick move where he caught Damien with a leg kick and immediately followed up with like a kick to the face <laughs> while Brown was on the ground. Um, and of course in Rising that's perfectly legal because their rules are better. Um, still don't understand their round system though. How like... Like why was the Halsey fight 10 minutes and other fights are like not? Wanted like the fighters agree on like a rule set. I don't understand how that. I don't works. know. I, I, I really don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, that that that's kind of weird. Um, but the, anywho, you know, it's a Crookshank fight. Like Damian Brown was like pretty much trying to counter most of the fight. He landed a few good shots, but it just looked like Crookshank just via like pressure and output. It looked like had he just kept this on the feet. You probably could have got a TKO maybe in like the second round. Or at worst, you just would have, you know, you could have got a decision. You know, just via having more output, being more active, and landing easily like the more damaging strikes of the fight. But it's a Crookshank fight, you know. You got to lose somehow. <laughs> He's winning on the feet, man. Things are going well. I mean, Damien's firing back, but like Crookshank is clearly getting the better of the stand Clearly the better athlete. Clearly the more, like, he just straight up in control. And then he yeah. isn't. And then it's over. And then, yeah, he shoots for a takedown and immediately gets choked out. And he looks up with his 70s porn mustache in confusion. I'm looking confused right along with him because I don't know why. <laughs> I get it. You're trying to mix things up in there. But, like, when one thing is clearly working so well, you know, you, you stick with what got you there. But, um... It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Um, <laughs> I don't know how, how'd you feel about this? I fight? mean, I, 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 I that basically like okay. I just watched Derek Crookshank fight. That, that, that's basically that's basically it. Like, dude, I'm. Like, I don't know anybody who throws fights away like Darren Kirchhank. Except maybe the guy, the other former UFC fighter on this card. We'll get to it eventually. <laughs> um, oh, man. Like, a piss-poor decision-maker. Yeah. Yeah. No, no bueno. <laughs> no bueno. Um, so, Damian Brown won. Round one uh, via guillotine. Uh Cause that's that's just what happens. Uh, and rounding out the main card, uh, Miyu Yamamoto and uh, Mika Nagano. Um, I apologize for my prior rising blunder of not recognizing Miyu Yamamoto, his kid's sister. <laughs> <laughs> the best part about that is you were like, I know kid's sister fought on this card. <laughs> or was he supposed to? She was staring me right in the face. <laughs> but, um... I'll say one thing, though. I didn't know she was 44. Oh, yeah, no. She's older than kid. Yeah, I did I did what not know that. Um, May he rest in peace. Yeah. Man, but, um... Hey, man, for 44 years old, not looking too bad. Uh, dude, she's um, trying... She's 
from what I understand, she she's either been trying out or she is trying out for the Olympics. She is a former world uh, world champion wrestler. Like she won three I mean, gold she, medals at the world championships back in the she she and she dominated the fight like. Kind of in a similar vein of the Hamasaki Asakura fight, it, it was big sister, little sister. Um, like, she pretty much won in every facet. Like, stand up, she would kind of blitz Nagano to go get her takedowns. And then when she took her down, like, Nagano had no answer. She was just holding her in positions and just, like, beating her mm-hmm. up. Um, and that was pretty much, that was pretty much the fight, like. Everywhere the fight went, she was just better. Like, stand up, I'm going to rush you, I'm going to take you down, and you're not really going to be able to do anything. And she just took her down, controlled her, and beat her up for three rounds. And uh, got a really dominant, unanimous decision at 44 years old. And the 44-year-old, moving pretty well, looks really in shape. Um... Good good luck on that Olympic trial. <laughs> like, she 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 looks like she's still a handful. Um, even even at forty four, she she looked really good out there. That was a really really dominant win. So, uh, so shout outs to her. Uh, got a got a unanimous decision over Mika Nagano. That was the main card. Um, I was entertained. It, it was a rising card, and like I've said this before, I watch rising. I don't care about belts. I just wanted to have fun. And outside of the tension fight, I had fun. <laughs> that that fight was different. But uh nah. Main main card, pretty dope. Um, so go give that a rewatch. Uh if you ordered it, uh you have unlimited rewatches until I think a certain point. Um so I've been going back to Fight T V, that's how I've been, you know, rewatching the card, but Nah, man, great, great way to end the year out. It was a rising card. Rising always delivers. I've never watched a rising card and not been entertained. Uh, so that was the main card. Uh, going on to the prelims, which uh, some of these we'll just kind of have to gloss over. And the ones that we can go in a little bit in depth, we'll uh, go into and then we'll close out. Uh, but uh, prelim, uh, Kazuyuki Miyata uh, defeated Ursin Yamamoto via submission. Did you, I don't know if you got a chance to see this one. I did not. So I can't really. I did. Um, dude, I don't get what they're trying to do with Urson like that. They're just trying to run him into the ground because they keep giving these dudes who are just going to fucking like submit them and everything. Like he'll, he'll get guys down and then they'll the like they just just the crap out of him. Um, like he got Miata down a bunch in this fight. He even got out of some bad submission holds. Uh, like Miata tried for a Kimura, didn't get it. Um, tried for a triangle. Um, Urson actually picked him up while he was slamming him. He, he, he switched his head and cleared the legs. He just didn't commit fully, but it was like a really smooth, um, pass that he obviously had the beginnings of, but didn't have the full like depth of knowledge of like to, to, to take advantage of. Um, but the finish here was a hammerlock, which is something you don't see every day. It is, a so Miata had Urson's arm chicken winged, but as opposed to having like the, t- the typical two on one Kimura lock, um, 
what he what ended up doing is he had so he had he had Urson's arm tied behind Urson's back, and both head with both his hands he reached over the top of his back, and just started cranking on it upwards towards his head. So, I I like I'm not even sure if I'm describing it correctly. It's so bizarre. Like it's something you de- like you don't see every day. Like maybe it happens all the time in like um catch wrestling or something, but you definitely don't see it in MMA. Got him a, a W. I have to go back and watch that. I could have watched that fight, but, you know, time restrictions. <laughs> Some of these fights I just kind of skipped. Cause, uh, hey, it was a fun fight. So I had to go back and catch that one. But shout out to Kazuyuki Miyata. Uh, Hammerlock submission in round two. Uh, next fight, Johnny Case, Yusuke Yachi. Always down for a Yachi fight. I'm kind of mad because I watched this fight, but I only got a chance to watch it once, so I don't remember it in, like, detail. But I just remember Yas- uh, Yachi's eye looking not so good. <laughs> and, uh... It wasn't... Yeah, like, that fight, it was so weird because, like, Yachi took, like... Like, it was mostly just a grind fest. Uh, Yachi not, didn't really, um... Take a whole bunch of damage outside, like the two punches that cut up his face. Yeah, that cut. Yeah, through. that was. He was looking. Yeah, rough. that that was swollen, puffy, and ugh. yeah, yeah, and uh, fortunately couldn't continue. So, uh, doctor stoppage, and then round two. I just like watching Yachi fight. He's another one of those guys that I just you know him and Rosin just works because it's just always an entertaining out. You know, win or lose, so always down for a Yachi fight, but didn't go his way this time. Uh, Johnny Case wins via Dr. Stoppage. Uh, on to another fight, which I watched and don't remember, but I remember enjoying it a lot while I watched it. Uh, Yuki Motoya uh, fought Justin Scoggins. He had a nice one-round scrap. <sighs> Scoggins. <laughs> so... I, I don't remember much of this fight in detail other than the TP choke that Motoya landed to end the fight in which the TP choke looks like it could be like a Mortal Kombat fatality, <laughs> but in Mortal Kombat, like your head would just explode from the pressure. <laughs> like it, 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 you just squeeze somebody's head off. Right. <laughs> like, so for those and. You know, no, I'll let you explain the TP choke, because I, I can't really... I know what I watched, <laughs> but it was hard to explain. Right. I'll, I'll let All you... Right. So, uh, in typical Justin that. Scoggins fashion, he decided in a fight where he... he I'd say he had the kickboxing advantage. Like, Moitoya is a very good kickboxer, but Scoggins was winning for the short time it was on the feet. Um, he decides to go to the ground... Because this what Justin, that's what Justin Scoggin does. He goes to the ground sometimes and loses. That's what he did here. Um, he, so Montoya locks up a triangle. And he's really cranking on it. He gets the arm across the head, uh, across his stomach, and he's you know, really cranking on Scoggin's head, trying to get him to tap out. Scoggin's, for the most part, is doing a good job of pressuring with his, uh, you know, uh, leaning forward, trying to stack. Um, so what Motoya does is he grabs around both his legs, 
so that his hands meet behind Justin Scoggins' head, and then proceeds to let go of the triangle and just put his feet up in the air and squeeze at the knees. So his hands are bringing the pressure down, and his knees are now acting uh, like to squeeze him in. So as opposed to just, like, it, I don't know how it, it compares. Like, I've never actually done it on the mat, so I don't know how it compares to, like, your typical triangle. But it seems more suffocating. Um, and Scoggins, who I guess had never seen this in, like, practice before, decides to just, like, punch at Montoya's face until he lets go, which doesn't happen. Instead, he ends up tapping out because uh, due to the pain. Um, probably should have fought the hands because that was the only thing keeping him in Montoya's legs. Oh, too late for that. Yep. <laughs> that joke, that joke was like it hurt so bad. Like, that was a lot of pressure. It was, his head was about to pop off. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, teepee choke. Add that to your uh, your your uh, MMA category. I mean, it's, it was uh, a really good choke. Like it was really no, yeah, no, it was awesome. Yeah, not something I've seen before. I, I can't think of uh, many many TP choke finishes I've seen. <laughs> but um, yeah, add that to the list of a variety of submissions. That's funny. Not to sidetrack. So our next episode will be our award show. I was trying to think of what is submission of the year. We don't have any mighty arm bars going on this year. I think I got one. Well, I got two, and they're the same. But uh, like, there's not a lot. Like, I even looked on the regional scene a little bit, and there's not a lot of like dudes hitting helicopter arm bars like there were last year. Yeah, I don't know helicopter arm bars. No twisters. Yeah. Um. I like the TP choke though. That was awesome. <laughs> I, I I enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, Yuki Motoya via TP choke over Justin Scoggins in round one. Uh, so congrats to him. Uh, next fight, which is the last fight that I actually watched, uh, Oka Sasaki and Manel Cape. I just remember a lot of takedowns. Um, mostly done by Sasaki, but I don't remember much of the fight in detail either. Oh um. The first round was a lot of Manel Cape just kind of posturing, making mean faces, you know, lowering his hands, pulling <laughs> behind his back, acting like he could, uh, you know, do the whole head movement thing, make a miss. Didn't really do a good job of that. Got taken down. Um, was was better in the second round and second and third round, but he he was committed to the right hand, and Sasaki was doing a really good job of just like finding. Uh, Finding his legs whenever he would duck, uh, throw the overhand. So it was basically Sasaki out grappling, and he, he did work. He, it wasn't like any. Uh, <clears throat> it, it wasn't really. It, it, he stayed busy on top. Uh, a lot of ground to pound. Um, well, second and third round on, like a lot of passing mostly. Um, he was trying to get the back, trying to get the chokes in. Um, didn't really work out. I keep forgetting that Oka's working with uh, Ray Longo and Matt Serra because, like, during the broadcast, you just hear them in the background in this quiet Japanese audience. <laughs> <laughs> just screaming their heads off. 
And I'm like, what does Sasaki even <laughs> Now he has to stand. Has to understand not only just English, but New York. Strong New York. <laughs> Accented English. But, uh. Ugh. Yeah, man. Sasaki, uh. Held it down. A lot of takedowns. Gets the decision over a Manel Cage. Um, did you see any of these next two fights? Uh, I saw one of them. I saw the, um. The Justina Haba Shinju Nazawa. Uh, I Claire fight. I, I can't pronounce her last name, so I'm gonna just call her Shinju Nozawa. Um, it was it was a there fun fight. Um, it was fine. Uh, Haba struggled on the feet. Like it, it was weird because the technique wasn't there, but the timing was. So she would catch like Shinju right at the end of when her punches would be effective, but she would be so out of position that like it wouldn't matter. And to her credit, like both women, hella flexible. Because um, Shinju got caught in an armbar situation in the first round, um, and it, 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 Haba was face down. So what Shinju does is she takes her leg and just puts it on like like Haba's butt and just pushes off with it to get out, like. But she like kicks it above her head and then brings it down before she does it, and it's just it was just really crazy to see, just because of how freaking fl- like, you know, I, I, you, you don't see that in men, men's MMA a lot, people being able to fight uh, like go that far. Um, but Haba eventually does get the back, locks up both of uh, Shinju's arms and. Gets the rear naked choke for the win. And I believe this was her debut fight. Um, so prop star for getting a winner debut. There you go. So that was uh, that fight and the last fight on the card, which neither one of us, I believe, watched. Uh, Tofik Musayev uh, defeated uh, Nobu Mit- no, yeah. Nobumitsu Tyson uh, via TKO in round two. Um, and that was it. <laughs> That was uh Ryzen fourteen. All in all, man, like I said, I, I look for Ryzen to be entertained, and entertained I was from Crookshank doing Crookshank things to uh, Gabby Garcia, just because she's Gabby Garcia. <laughs> I didn't even know I was looking forward to Brandon Halsey until it happened, <laughs> but I got that as a bonus, and obviously, man, Horiguchi and, and Caldwell. You know, that was, that was awesome to see. Uh, and Hamasaki and Asakura. And the other fight I shall not mention. Because I, 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 I didn't want to see that. But everything else on that card, man. Pretty awesome top to bottom. I got my entertainment's worth. I was happy. There's another one today, isn't there? I completely forgot about no. that. Wasn't that happening today? No, the, didn't the, the other one happened already. The one with, uh, what's his name? Yeah. Um... um they fought already. God, why, why could I not? Kawajiri, yes. right? Yeah, that, I think that one happened and already. It was not broadcast, so we have no idea who won. Well, no, I, I know Kawajiri oh, won. Oh, sad. Th- yeah, that I do. But I, I I don't know who else was on that card. But, yeah. I think that happened oh, before. Kitaoka. Uh, yeah, I think he won, like, a uh, decision, I want to say. Oh, wow. That was a, oh, my um, God. That was a really good card. 
They had Mikuru Asakura on it, who fought Lion Takeshi, Inoue, uh, Kana Watanabe, Japan's best female prospect right now, at 125, knocked out, excuse me, uh, Shizuka Sugiyama. Oh, wow, this is a really good card. I'm mad they didn't air it here. I would enjoy watching this. Yeah, but, uh, that was, uh, yeah, that, that card I did not get to see any of, so I'll have to go back and I watch. Did, I did see, I, I did it. see Kana Watanabe knock out some woman, and I didn't know it was, a, like, I thought it was a clip I didn't know it was from today. So, that's pretty cool. Awesome. So, lots of rising, man. Great, great way to end the year. All, always down for a rising card. Um, well, the next one. Like I said, this is one of the. Sh I believe. Or is it April? They're, they're worth forking your twenty dollars over. Um, you know, you'll 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 be entertained. They they, if there if there's one factor of MMA they deliver on, is this it's always entertainment. So that was rising fourteen. If you haven't gotten a chance to see it. Go give it a watch. Also, PFL 11, if you didn't get to see that, go go watch these guys earn million-dollar paydays. You know, it'll, it'll give you a nice, warm feeling. Unless you're a hater and you're just jealous that you're not getting the million, which I understand. I'm broke. So, I, I get it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. Just, this is a fun, fun way to end the year. We had UFC 232 and then this PFL 11 and Ryzen 14. And like I said with UFC 232, the, the way this year ended in MMA in general, everything you hated, everything you loved, it was all there. Legends, prospects, great title fights, horrible fights, controversy, failed drug tests, <laughs> or tainted drug tests, I should say. You know, everything all in one. We, we got it all to close out the year. And 2019 is probably going to be more of the same like i said man the mma is the the show that never ends we hit the season finale and the next season will be starting soon and you know shenanigans will be afoot and the ball will keep rolling so uh that's been the <laughs> the second podcast we've done in two days so you guys can consider this like a bonus episode uh and then we'll be back uh, recording this weekend for our Dojo Talk podcast award show, where we'll be handing out awards for um, 2018. We'll have a, a special guest, somebody who hasn't been on the show before. So be sure to give that a get that a check. That should be a really fun episode. I actually need to start researching for some of these awards. <laughs> I don't want to be winging it come record day. I've been writing um, stuff down, but I don't know. I don't know if I have enough faith in it. Yeah, you're further than me. At most, I have mental notes. <laughs> so I actually got to start sitting down and actually like researching some of these. But um, nah, man. Uh, so this has been our first podcast of, of 2019. I guess we'll close with parting shots and shoutouts. Um, I didn't really have time to take notes, but I do have a shoutout. Um, shout outs to Roger Federer and Serena Williams. I didn't know that they competed in a um a um a mixed match today. Oh, yeah. Um I wish I could find I don't know who uh, I, I, I don't know who they were paired with. Oh so it was uh Roger Federer and Belinda Bennett. 
probably saying that wrong, over Serena Williams and Francis Tiafo. Um, they had a mixed match today, and this is the first time that Federer and Serena have ever played each other. Uh, Federer, uh, Federer's team won the sets of four to two and four to three. Um, so that's that's awesome. Like just to see, I don't know how many people really watch tennis, but these are just two of the best of this sport of all time, and it's just awesome that they were on one court at the same time. Um, so that, that that's awesome. So shout outs to uh, Roger Federer and Serena Williams for just being great. They're, both of them are like one of the few reasons I ever pay attention to tennis. Like they're two players that if they're playing, I'll go out of my way to watch them play because I just like seeing people be really great at what they do. And in terms of tennis, with those two, it doesn't really get much better. So uh, shout outs to Roger Federer and Serena Williams. And I don't have shots because I didn't have time to think of somebody to be angry at. So, uh, <laughs> I have no shots. Uh, oh, I have no shots or shout outs because we did this two days ago. Uh, yeah. Shout <laughs> outs to all the people everywhere. Yeah, there we go. Shout out to everybody. Also, shout to everybody. You could be doing better. <laughs> <laughs> you knew me, knew you people. I mean, shout out to you. You're not. I, 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 yeah, screw you guys. <laughs> how, how dare you aim to be better? You think yeah. you're better than us? <laughs> Jerks. Yeah, lower, lower that bar. Get off that high horse. We don't better ourselves over here. I will kneecap your but, horse. Uh... <laughs> Cutting the hooves off. <laughs> oh, that might have went too far. We don't got to cut off the hooves. <laughs> Turn your horses into glue. Let's go. <laughs> I will say, though, 2019, man, if you guys can do anything. Haven't gotten another five-star rating in a while. Give us a rating on iTunes. Either on iTunes or the Facebook page. Um, You know, leave, leave a rating. Leave a comment. That's what I want you guys to do for 2019. I'm going to try to work on being more active on social media, trying to trying to get that popping more. And I, I would like you guys' help in that also. So if you could, if you're listening to this podcast, um, and I would assume if you're listening to the Rising podcast of all episodes, you're, you're definitely a hardcore MMA fan. I, I don't know any casuals who are tuning in for Rising. So um, get, head on over to iTunes. Give, give us a nice score. Kick off 2019 on the right foot. Whoa. Greatly appreciate it. But um, this has been another episode of the Dojo Talk Podcast. As always, check us out. SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at Yahoo.com. Hit me up on Twitter at Serial Sensei. And be sure to tune in to our next episode where we will hand out our Dojo Talk Podcast Awards for 2018. Um, but that is it. This has been episode 117 of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Serial Sensei. As always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.